previously on Elite Week. Well, we may not have parted on the best of terms. I realized certain words were exchanged, also certain bullets. But I was going to Tasha Station to pick up some power converters. You're breathtaking! You've got a ship. You've got money. You've got a co-pilot who's a better shot than you. But not for long, I hope. Now it's up to you.
Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Elite Week. I am Kai Zeng. I will be your guide on this tour through the galaxy. And with me tonight is my executive officer, my number one main man, the Canadian with the mostest. Roy, say hello. Good evening, everyone. We've got a whopper of a show for you this evening. Oh, yes. I think maybe some things happen this week. I don't know. We'll see. Also, we have my tactical officer, Representing OPIX. Say hello, Tweet. Friday night. Hope everybody is ready for what we have in store for you. We also have the tech monkey, the science officer, the arsonist of crossiness. Say hello, arson. Hello, everybody. And we have the lovely and talented and oh-so-sexy WKJS, say hi. Hello, everybody. How you doing? And also, we have the boss lady, the original B. Say hi, boss lady. Hello, everyone. Yes, yes. So, everything should be good. We're all set. We're good to go. Let's get this started. This is the Galactic Water Cooler for Friday, December the 11th, 2020. All right. Our cover art this week is Strange New Vistas. I'm going to leave that as a mystery as to where that comes from. You tell me if you can figure it out. Put it in the show notes or put it in the comment section. Our opening song was Space Oddity by My Hero, R.I.P. Starman, with love. And the closing song will be Somewhere Only We Know, a cover by Abby Kelso. It's time to get to the intro. You know what that means? The Pulse Wave Analyzer update. As of today, uh, the issue has been occurring and breaking the core mining game loop for over 89 days. It was broken on the patch on September the 7th. 
and on this week in space history. Roy, why don't you start us off with December 5th? On December 5th, yes. On that day in 2014, NASA's Orion space capsule launched for the very first time. This will be the capsule type used for future trips to the Moon and Mars. On that day, December 6, 1998, astronauts on board Space Shuttle Endeavour officially began construction of the ISS on mission STS-88. They launched with a payload of the 18-foot-long U.S. module, module called Unity, which they coupled with the Russian module, Zarya, launched a few weeks prior. Arson, have you been drinking? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm poisoned with with yours by proximity. Okay. <laughs> December seventh, on that day in 1972, NASA launched Apollo 17, the last of the Apollo missions to the moon. The mission commander Gene Cernan, Commander Module Pilot Ronald Evans and Lunar Lander Pilot Harrison Schmidt. Uh, they took off from the Kennedy Space Center on the last of the gigantic Saturn V rocket launched on a manned mission. And it was the only nighttime launch in the entirety of the Apollo program. The crew spent three days on the moon, and no one has been to the moon since. December 8th. On that day in 1990 and 1992, NASA's Galileo spacecraft flew by Earth on its way to Jupiter and its moons for an extended study. The slingshot gravity assist method used to reach Jupiter had Galileo pass by the Earth two times on the exact same day, two years apart, to reach his objective. Five years after its launch, on December the 7th, 1995, Galileo arrived at Jupiter, where it orbited for eight years before NASA sent it on a crash course with the planet's atmosphere. NASA intentionally destroyed Galileo to avoid the risk of contaminating any of Jupiter's moons with bacteria from Earth. On December 9th in 2006, the first ever Swedish astronaut launched to the International Space Station, Arnie Kreister Fuglesang. Yes, Mr. Fuglesang flew on Space Shuttle Discovery as a mission specialist for STS-116. In addition to training for 14 years before making his first space flight, Mr. Fuglesang was a physicist and a professor before being selected as a member of the European Astronaut Corps. December 10th, on that day in 1977, the Soviet Union launched the first crew to complete a long-duration trip on the Salyut 6 space station. The small space station was launched uncrewed three months prior. Interestingly, they were the second crew that was sent for this mission, but the first, two months earlier, could not get their craft to dock with the station, and that mission had to be aborted. This time, the crew, cosmonauts Yuri Romanenko and Georgi Gretko, were able to dock and spent 96 days in orbit before returning to Earth. On December 11th, that would be on this day in 1972, as the wonderful and beautiful Boss Lady B mentioned just a few minutes ago, the Apollo 17 crew that had launched four days prior became the last humans to ever land on the moon to this very day. Mission Commander Gene Cernan and Lunar Lander Pilot Harrison Schmidt 
landed in the Taurus Litro Valley, where they spent three days collecting samples, doing moonwalks, and a whole lot of other things, it sounded like. Commander Gene Cernan was the last to board, making him to this day, 48 years later, the last human to stand on the surface of the moon. They then launched back up to rendezvous with poor Ronald Evans, who they had wait, made wait in the command module those whole three days. Three long days just so they could avoid getting a parking ticket in the lunar orbit. So this week we have for you the 12 days of Christmas presents from Frontier, Rebalance Info, CGs and Calnet, and who the fuck am I kidding? You're all here to talk about and hear about the December 10th info dump uh, and, you know, the frame for frame video review. So, Arson, let's get to it. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at eliteweek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. All right. So let's get to it. Right off the bat, we're going to start with the guest interview. But these guys are family. You've already heard us interview them, so we're going to do a very abbreviated version in the show notes, you will see the links to the Twitch, the Twitter, the YouTube for both WKJS and Boss Lady B. Real quick, WKJS, why don't you tell everybody when you stream and what you stream? Go. Hey, um, I stream Elite Dangerous. When I stream at the moment, it's kind of mm, up in the air, but generally kind of daytime UK time during the week. So go right now to twitch.com, subscribe to WKJEZ, that's W-K-J-E-Z-Z. If you don't, what the fuck are you doing here? Get out. Boss Lady B, when do you stream and what do you stream? Well, uh, I stream every single weeknight at 9 PST. And uh, we, we do all sorts of things, but we are famous for our Finance Friday, which is where we go. We do some group mining or other money-making activities, but it's all about the people. And uh, so if you're not there... Uh, you know, you're you're kind of square, so join us. Oh, yeah. You catch that sexy lady at around midnight Eastern time pretty much every night. I, I crawl into bed, and I've got my, my iPad with me, and I normally pop into to Boss Lady, 
And I'm like, well, I'm just going to hang out here for a few minutes. And then I pass out with the, the iPad still going. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's legit. That's legit. That's legit. All right. I love Boss Lady P and give her my highest recommendation. I love WK Jazz even more and give him my highest, just a little bit higher recommendation. Go subscribe to these two beautiful people. Uh, and we're just going to skip the rest of the bullshit so we can get right to the big stuff because they're so. Let's get it going. The Dark Wheel update. Uh, first off, I got to shout out Black Sky Legion Squadron. We have an official squadron for the Dark Wheel. Join it. It's uh, squadron tag is what BSL-1. So, nope, just BSL-1, I think. So, yeah, go join it. It's either 1 or dash 1. I've had a few drinks. Go join the squadron. Uh, in the meantime, we're pending expansion now. We're about to land on like the 15th or the 16th. We got out of our last expansion. We were right into the next expansion. That's how we do. Uh, we're marching on our way to uh, LFT 509, and I want to give a huge salute to my main man, Commander Wolf Dragon, who is my executive officer for the Black Sky Legion Squadron and is the leader of all of the stuff right now because I'm way too busy doing a bunch of shit so I can help out like a couple of days, but he has to do stuff like every day. That man is doing all of the work that I'm supposed to be doing. So give him a big salute and all of the love and all of you people out there. Yeah, it's just BSL1, as so many people are saying in the chat. <laughs> I love all of you guys. Uh, so BSL1, go join it and go do the things that the people are doing because we're winning and that's good. Uh, let's skip right to the next thing, which is... Uh, I want to call out the Burr Pit. They did a phenomenal interview with lead uh, community manager, Arthur Tolmy this week. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. It's a half hour long. It is worth it. Go listen to it. You should, because it's great. Moving right along. Next up, we've got my main man, Avasa Siu of the AXI, did a phenomenal uh, first episode of AXI Talks, episode one. It's like an hour and a half long. Go check that shit out. Avasa is, first off, Avasa is the best of people. He's like a mensch. He's a legitimately good fucking guy. But also, the AXI is a large group with a proud history in this game and deserve to be listened to. They've been marginalized for far too long. And I think that everything that is done to sort of promote the AXI agenda and the the sort of... How do I say it? Their their viewpoint on the game and the stuff that's with the AXI, the hand, the hive, all of the AX groups. They deserve better than they've gotten, let's be honest. And I, I feel like shit's coming around their way and it's super, super exciting. And I can't wait for what's next to come. Um, Yeah. Next up, if, for those who are saying like, wow, you're going way fast. First off. We got a lot to get to, let's be honest. And second off, yeah, I don't need a second. So Sagittarius Eye Magazine, uh, podcast issue 31 came out uh, like a week ago. It talks about a whole bunch of things. They talk about the Quarantine Cup, which is a race series that they're doing to finally answer what's and for all. Who is the king of racing? Is it the Federal Eagle, the Eagle Mark II, or is it the Viper Mark III? 
spoiler alert, it's the Viper Mark III. Uh, the entire series was dominated by Commanders Arkinson and Sanderling, both on Team Viper, and uh, they did phenomenal. I want to give a special shout out and a salute to um, uh, Kate Balthazar and Commander Osashis, who uh, were were also notables in the race series. In addition to that, there was a Sidewinder profile uh, video. Uh, I want to call out a couple of things. First off, did you guys recognize any interesting voices in that series, in that that story? And secondly, the Sidewinder, there was the Surprise Winder Mayhem thing. That was fucking awesome. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what Surprise Winders are. You basically get four people. You get, you know, yourself and three friends. You highly engineer Sidewinders and you fit them with the rail guns. And then you find friends of yours that are on your friend list and you go, one person interdicts them and they're like, what the fuck? Why am I getting interdicted by a sidewinder while I'm in a fucking cutter? And then the three friends jump in also in sidewinders and you get to find out what three sidewinders with railguns can do. Spoiler alert, when they get to you down to around 20 to 30% hulls, unless they're complete assholes, they're going to stop and laugh and be like, all right, we'll escort you back. You can go get repaired now. They're not going to kill you because why would you kill your friends? That's a dick move. But uh, three Sidewinders with railguns and the that special engine, the, the special one that you can get from Palin's base, they can do legit work on just about any ship out there. It's fun and hilarious and good times. Next up, they had the Cygnus Constellation profile. They talked about, well, if you don't know about the Cygnus Constellation, god damn, that shit is amazing. It's got the Veil Nebula, the Cygnus Loop. It's got a black hole Cygnus X1 that's like one of the first major black holes that was found. The North American Nebula and the Pelican Nebula. There's a megastar, CYGN1 which is 1,060 times the size of our sun. If they were, if this star, KYCYGN1, was in our solar system, the outer edges of the star would reach to where Jupiter is. That shit is crazy. And they had a special hard point, hard point profile on multi-cannons. It's legit. Go check out Sagittarius Eye Magazine. There's a link in the show notes. In addition to that, there was an announcement that Sag Eye Magazine was put on hold. So they continued the podcast, but they stopped the PDF version for a little while on like, wait, okay. They, they, they put it on hold for just a little while while they were like, well, the game seems to be in sort of stasis. It's on hold mode right now. While well, the stories are back, Odyssey's coming. And just this last week, they announced, hey, guess what? We're, we don't have details yet on the date, but the PDF, the full magazine with all of the amazing art that's done by Orange Phoenix as the head of the sort of art team at Sagittarius Eye Magazine and the other amazing members of the SPVFA who do work for them that's coming back so i am crazy crazy excited the next point let's talk about planet zoo now i know right off the bat you might be saying dude uh, uh 
I'm here for Elite Dangerous talk. What, what are you talking about Planet Zoo? Bear with me for just a moment here. Planet Zoo just released its aquarium style update. Now in this update, there was lots of underwater scenery, submerged life forms and interaction. They developed a ton of tech within the Cobra 2 engine, just as Frontier is getting to the point where they're dropping Odyssey and the next obvious sort of planets that they would be looking to implement along the spectrum of atmospheric landings are gas giants, ammonia worlds, water worlds, Earth-like uninhabited, and eventually Earth-like inhabited worlds, colonized worlds. So like, Looking at the tech that they put in, Arson's got it on the screen for you as you're seeing these animals moving completely submerged underwater and then like in the water, out of the water. Looking at all of the water tech that they're doing in the exact same engine that Elite runs, a, a modified version of the Cobra 2 engine. And I see them doing this and I know from previous conversations, most of which I can sort of talk about, and some of which I probably shouldn't, about the actual sort of love and devotion that David Brabin has to Elite Dangerous. This is his baby. And the fact that maybe they sneak in a little work on tech to the side and these other things that run in the Cobra engine that eventually finds its way into Elite. When I see these animals underwater and all of this tech with plants and 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 rock different formations and and animals moving around underwater and i know that water worlds are on the sort of schedule of what's coming in the next year or two or three this gets me so very excited arson i know you had a point that you wanted to make on the planet zoo thing and then roy also wanted to go ahead yeah so I, I just really wanted to to dive in. Every time Frontier releases something new for Planet Zoo and even just its original release, I get genuinely excited and hyped, even though it's not for Elite and even though I don't have a con uh, a copy of of the game, because I know that that like like I said that tech is part of Cobra. <laughs> and eventually, we will get it. And oh, it just shows so much potential. <laughs> Go ahead, right on. I, I was just gonna say, um, you know, in watching that trailer, uh, I, I really hadn't paid real close attention to the Planet series games, and uh, I was kind of surprised at how, yes, the people in it are kind of cartoony, but what they've done with landscapes and the animals is actually pretty much on the other end of the spectrum as far as photo, you know, it's not hyper photorealistic, but it's definitely not cartoony. And um, that just really stood out to me. Like they could obviously, there's a fidelity in this modeling they're using that could easily, uh, you know, be for animals if we encounter them on planets, but also for, you know, non-terrestrial creatures and things like that. Um, just pretty interesting. The other thing I was going to say quick is, you know, why do they call it Planet Zoo? It's, it's a zoo. They could have called it so, Zoo Simulator 2020. So the um, reason why they the reason why they call it Planet Zoo, let me just answer that for you real quick, is because mm -hmm. originally uh, Frontier were creating a game for another company. Another company owned the IP for whatever that roller coaster simulator, whatever was, and they created Planet Coaster as their way mm -hmm. of doing something 
differently enough that they wouldn't get sued, but that was basically roller coaster tech, et cetera. Mm, mm. And 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 that's that's why they were like, well, Planet Coaster. And then that took off and it was a success. And then they were like, well, what about Planet Zoo? And and they've moved on like that. I'm surprised they don't call it Planet Dinosaur, but they got the IP rights with whoever the hell owns Jurassic Park to Sony or whoever to do Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. So that's why they do that. Arson, hop Interesting. in. Yeah, I just wanted to, to point out that uh, it's it's called Planet Zoo because of the whole franchise, but also because gameplay wise, Planet Zoo covers creatures from a lot of different biomes. Its goal is to cover all of the biomes for all of the animals that you have on Earth, which is one of the reasons to be so ex- extremely excited about the, this title is because it's not just a, okay, we've you know, got, you know, zoo animals from Africa, like we're talking animals from all over the world and they're constantly expanding and it's fantastic. Beautiful. Jess, hop in on this. Yeah. So the really interesting thing about Frontier, the way that they've been doing games for the last, well, since Elite Dangerous really, is they've got incredible attention for detail for the science and the physics. If you've ever played a roller coaster game, it's mm. all very, very involved with the amount of G's and everything. So it does seem like it's a running theme that they've got. And and what prompted me to say that was when he was talking about it's not photorealistic, but there's a realism there, right? So, but uh, the interesting thing, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get onto this in the future, is you can see a lot in this Planet Zoo trailer mm. that can relate to something we may well be looking at in a little mo- bit more depth in a little while. And I think it's exciting concept that they are a fledgling company so to speak they've developed an engine which in games design developing your first engine before you've really put out a mainstream title is unheard of so here they are perfecting it and now it's all coming back and benefiting elite dangerous again which is something to be really exciting uh, excited by mm. well i mean that comes back to the fact that the entire company rides on the shoulders of david brayman who is the genius who made the first computer game that wasn't like all of the others. Everybody was doing Donkey Kong and 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 Pong or or, or like you know uh, what what's that little Pac Man? You know everybody Science was doing shooters. everybody was doing put in a quarter and you get to ride your ride for five minutes and then you're done. And David Braben was like linear game. Yeah. David, David Braben was like, how about we do a whole different thing? Fuck the quarters, fuck the five minute interval. Let's create a world. And he did that back in 1984, which is a whole different thing. Arson quickly. Yeah. So the mentioning Braben and direction, like if you analyze frontiers titles and all the improvements that they're making and the capabilities of elite, uh, and just notably the fact that you can literally, if you want to put the time in, travel from any body to another body in Elite through normal space without transitions. Uh, think about the, the sheer possibilities and potential with all of this technology wrapped up down the line with Frontier being a studio producing games. And think about companies like EA who have their own in-house engine and they have their developers use their engine. Can you guys imagine the kind of games that are going to come out using Cobra from other developers that Frontier has uh, housed underneath their studio if they choose to do that? 
Oh my goodness. hundred percent. All right. Let's crack another one open and let's move on to the big news that everybody's waiting for frontier news. Let's start off right off the bat. Let's deal with the mini patch. There was a mini patch. Uh, that patch did not have any con or what do you call that? Notes patch notes did not have any patch notes at all. Here's what it was about. There was a glitch in the Epic store stuff that they added, you know, a week ago or whatever. Uh, they threw that patch, fixed that glitch, and they also patched out a exploit that uh, was able to sort of um, make way too much money. And we'll talk about it in just a moment in um, in cargo running missions in a couple of places. Um, so yeah, Jez, did you want to say what you typed in there or do you want to leave that day? <laughs> I said glitch. What about the pulse wave analyzer? Yeah, that's <laughs> still left to be gotten to. All right. So next up we've got the rebalance notes. Now any other week, this would be the main story, but this is just going to be something we dispense with quickly and move on to the real main story. So this is Rebalance Part 3. This is the third and final set of game balancing changes this side of 2021. There's a link in the show notes. Basically, here's what it did. Number one, combat bonds. High-end NPC combat bonds will provide many more credits, seeing an increase from around 80,000 credits to 400,000. Similar to the recently updated bounty values, the HUD will not reflect the new figure after a kill, but the transaction tab will. These may rarely appear to be issued by the Pilots Federation. You might ask, why doesn't the HUD show the difference? And what's up with the Pilots Federation in issuing them? Well, here's what it is. They're not messing with the way this interacts with the BGS just yet. So by them not changing the amount that shows up in the top right-hand corner of your screen when you get it, that's where they pull the information on how it affects the BGS. They change it on the transaction tab, when they finally figure out sort of they're done tweaking and they're like, this is right. We want it to lock it into this. Then they'll make that change to the top right corner and they will adjust the BGS sort of proportionally down. So such that the effect of what you just did is no better or worse than it was. They want to, the goal here is to raise the money that you make, but not fuck with the BGS at all. The BGS will be no stronger or weaker than it was the day before based on what you're doing. So that's why. Similarly, why is it that the Pilots Federation is entering in some of these these special bonds? Well, because the Pilots Federation isn't part of the PGS, so that eliminates them from being, you know, it doesn't, they, they want to make it to where the people can't use this or, or have it accidentally cause massive swings in BGS for or against anyone. They want to keep it BGS neutral. That's why. The second thing was the anti-Xeno combat. Thargoid combat will provide four times as many credits as before. The experience gained from Thargoids, which contributes combat rank, has been rescaled. This means that the Thargoid scouts will provide less than before. However, each interceptor will offer more than the last, all the way up through the Hydras, uh, to the Hydras. The exact amount earned will vary according to the number of the pilots who contributed to the kill, as well as their various combat ranks. So there's a whole series that's taking that into effect. Delivery mission. The increase in mineable commodities uh, has had an unexpectedly large effect on delivery missions due to compounding multipliers, allowing large numbers of credits to be earned with minimal risk and effort. 
to refocus the earnings on the effort made, the rewards for these have been changed so that the distance traveled and quantity transported has a larger effect on the pay. Payouts remain relatively high and will be monitored for any further necessary adjustments. Just as a sort of summation of that, when people are like, hmm, what's going on here? Well, the last change led to an edge case where you could make over 500 million credits per hour doing stack delivery missions from Titan's daughter in Tegeta to Cavalieri Station in Electra system. So you would jump one system over and basically it was going back and forth between the two and you would literally just get like, here's like nine missions you would get where it's like, hey, take two tons of this, take 12 tons of that, take 18 tons of this, take four tons of this. They were small. It wasn't like the missions where it's like, hey, take 600 tons of something and it fills up your whole cargo loader, you know, cutter ship. It was giving you stacks of missions that were paying 40 million, 50 million a piece that was like, take four tons of this. So people were for a week making hay while the sun shined and you know you could go for five or six hours and make three billion three and a half billion credits they patched that out they they saw it they were like Whoop, that's a weird edge case and they patched that out so it's done it, it was it was super exciting while it happened and now it's time is done as you know what is that six emperor tyrannus as always for 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 tyrants as always for loopholes, eventually they, they get it and it goes away. This one they caught quickly, so good for them. Um, let's skip right to the streams. There's going to be three things that we talk about in the, the area of streams. The first is Super Cruise News uh, on Tuesday, 16. It was Martin Bruce. It was short. Let's be honest, it didn't provide a whole lot of news. If you want to go check it out, go check it out. Thursday, the Fuel Rats, Galactic Intern, Steven and Bruce did not provide a lot of news. Go check it out. Fuel Rats are lovely. Uh, Steven and Bruce are lovely. Go look at it if you want to look at it. Now we get to what you're all here for. The December 10th Video Games Award gameplay trailer and the four stills. So basically the December 10th Frontier dump. Let's start right off the bat with the trailer, the, the VGA trailer. So around midnight or so later in ye olde Englandy times, uh, earlier in the evening for us in America, um, on, uh, they, they, they played a trailer. The trailer was a minute and two seconds long. It wasn't the longest of trailers, but I broke it down frame by frame. So let's talk about it for you. Right off the bat, at five seconds in on shot one, there's a cobra that approaches an icy moon of a ringed gas giant. Far distant, there's a yellow star. There are nebula clouds visible in the distance, and the atmosphere of the ringed gas giant and the icy moon are both clearly apparent. There's a massive mountain range, which is prominent in the bottom right, and another one in the top left, both are extending well into the upper atmosphere. As called out by creator Dr. K. Ross in the first developer diary, there are Linne, palimpsests, and evidence of cryovolcanism clearly apparent. 
namely the cryovolcanism evidence is ejected water vapors, which you can see on the surface of the planet. All of these are visible on the icy body. David Bowie's classic Space Odyssey starts playing, and there is a stamp in-game footage in the bottom center of the screen that remains throughout the entire trailer. Eight seconds in on shot two, there's another breathtaking shot. Now as the Cobra begins its descent, there's mountains and ridgelines, craters and extensive lanae, which are the striations that look like scratches on the surface of the moon. They can be seen along the surface of the moon. There's a randomization of all of these such that, in some cases, the craters are added after the lanae, and, in some cases, vice versa, giving it a breathtakingly photorealistic look. The atmosphere surrounding the moon shows color variations at various altitude, properly depicting the various atmospheric levels from the troposphere up to the stratosphere. Once again, and for the last time, this is all clearly marked as in-game footage. And it's at this point, at the eight second mark, that I said out loud, shut up and take my money. 14 seconds in, at shot four, there's a second of footage from the ground showing the haze partially obscuring the sun through a fast-moving cloud of either dust or water vapor appearing to be direct evidence again of cryovolcanism that Dr. K talked about in the first dev diary. And this is over a weather cracked surface of sand and unique rocks. As the, as the camera pans across it, look at those rocks, no two are alike. All right, 19 seconds in, we have another shot uh, that now in atmosphere and flying at low level, we see uh, the first uh, time that was not precisely uh, an ice moon, but rather what explorers call rice, which is a rocky ice body. The cobra flies through the valley below, and the level of the peaks of the frozen ice mountain ranges on both sides are directly over the rocky valley floor, with what appear to be spotted quartz-like crystal uh, rock glistening in the sunlight in the frame within feet of the camera immediately to the bottom right. You see that little rock there on the bottom right? As the camera, when you watch it as it plays through the video and the and the and the sort of the ship moves, there you go. You see that rock glistening in the light there. Uh, that to me, I'm like, is that or is that just very good artwork in how that it's done? Or is that supposed to be indicating that that's a mineral body that we're supposed to farm? Like to what to what level is that sort of gameplay accessible and to what level is that just beautiful i don't know we'll see 15 seconds in shot five there's a stunning vista with the sun rising on the left over a series of mountains the camera is positioned at the foot of the mountain to the right with a series of hills directly ahead set as sort of random waves on a choppy ocean. The mountain clearly has both lanae striations as well as windswept smooth surfaces, say that three times fast, interspersed, as well as a series of variations of discoloration at various points indicating various mineral compositions. 
The light source of the rising sun splashes consistently across the various rock formations, creating again a photorealistic quality with the interplay between light and shadow. Again, our protagonist, the little cobra, appears overhead and flies directly away towards the rising sun. 15 seconds in and Frontier has masterfully made a full commercial dedicated to their many players who don't give a fuck about FPS. At the 22nd mark, there's a cut to black and you hear a sharp inhale and exhale in the black of space. A sound all veteran elite commanders know well, having exhausted their fuel or blown out their canopy. This half a second acting as a spectacular transition from everything you know, albeit prettier, to what lies beyond. At the 23 second mark, the camera rises from the blackened zoom in close over a sandy rocky surface to prints in the sand, each one unique. The depth and tread of the boot leaving a slightly different print each time uh, as the depth of inconsistency of the sand vary, along with various pebbles and lines in the sand presumably caused by being disturbed by the wind. The camera continues to pan up upon a commander walking away and leaving further footprints in the sand and kicking up little puffs in the sand with each footfall. He's carrying a rifle slung over his shoulders and a hard pack on the left hip and a pistol on the right. For the first time, we get a clear view of the over-the-shoulder apparatus on the left shoulder that we know from the other footage included a flashlight, but it appears to have two other modules of unknown origin attached. <clears throat> He's striding with purpose, the sun high on his left, casting shadows on the rocks to the right, as he continues to walk away from the very, uh, a very Saturn-looking, or walk towards, rather, uh, a very Saturn-looking gas giant. It would appear that we are now on a far different moon, as there is entirely rocky with no ice visible and clearly no atmospheric interference whatsoever. To detract from the deep and vibrant color of the gas giant with its swirling storms rippling in the distance. In addition, other than the small puffs of sand as he walks that seem to settle directly, there is no smoke, dust, or water vapor, again giving no hints of atmosphere. A ship flies overhead, off towards the gas giant. Okay. 27 seconds in. A group of commanders uh, on, the source, on the surface of the planet body, close-up center view, facing you, is a commander in the original suit, that we saw, which appears to be the Explorer variant. Again, five bars on the arm indicating either a gunny or, I mean, if he's not a gunnery sergeant, maybe it's just some kind of design style for that type of suit. I don't know. The suit itself, but I mean, when I see a suit with five bars on it, I'm thinking that's a gunny. Uh, anyways, the suit itself is well-worn with scratches pitting and fading uh, and clearly visible, indicating that the suits, like the ships, have paint job wearing. For the first time, we get the over-the-shoulder rig head view, but it's it's a head-on view, so you can see the light source uh, visibly, possibly two different light sources, maybe one wider field of view and one pinpoint camera or uh, light for farther out. They're clearly being utilized. In the background appear to be an asp, a viper, and a cobra, uh, along with uh, uh, two other commanders. 
one in a combat variant suit uh, and heavily armored. Uh, also in the shot, there's an SRV with nobody in the cockpit. Yet again, confirming what Frontier have already previously stated, that you can exit the SRV. At the 32nd mark, there's a commander walking in the dark using his shoulder-mounted flashlight uh, to see, appearing to be walking to a set of rocks, maybe a mineral collection, I don't know, under a stunning night sky containing several visible nebulae. At the 31 second mark, there's two SRVs that tear off down a steady sloped hill, kicking off dust in what appears to be the original moon. While they are on the rocky sandy area, there appears to be uh, a icy mountain dominating the landscape with a ringed gas giant and a secondary star high in the sky, hazy through the atmosphere interference, casting a blue glow over the entire sky. At the 33 second mark, the airlock opens uh, up, the, the doors for the airlock open, as the commander walks seamlessly from indoors to outside at the now familiar Astros Hope 2. Directly ahead is a power station complete with a spinning anti-aircraft multi-cannon turret. How will we be able to fire at ships from the ground? Well, that's one way for sure. At the 32nd, six second mark, an anaconda takes off from an outpost on an icy world. A clear area was set aside for landing pad, as well as three distinct outcroppings of buildings on what appears to be a cold, barren ice world. The star shows hazy in the sky, clearly indicating again atmospheric interference. At the 42nd mark, a Viper Mark IV passes over the parked Cobra back on the rice moon, the rocky ice moon from the intro. There's handholds very clearly visible all over the Cobra that look to me to be different and more prominent than they were displayed ever before on, on the Cobra. Um, the commander appears to have just exited from the ramp on the forward section of the landing gear, and a cloud of dust is very clearly visible sort of blowing across the landscape. At the 42-second mark, the commander walks into Astor's Hope 2, clearly visible as a guard to the left behind a barrier uh, with a matching Gatling gun turrets on the left and right side of that same barrier. <clears throat> um, they're clearly meant to be anti-personnel or SRV. They're way too small to be for the ships. These turrets appear to be about a tenth the size of the previously spotted anti-air turret. There's an armed guard patrolling in the far distant middle background in front of the comm building. To the right is the production facility, and to the right is the power facility. And next up at 43 seconds, this is where the combat footage begins. So right off the bat, we have starting with Asher's Hope 2, the outdoor sphere of combat footage, which shows two ships overhead moving away from the camera, with the lead ship being fired upon by its tail, as well as the multi-cannon turret at the power station in the right firing at another ship, which is off camera. Space throughout the complex, in various, there are various ground troops that are firing at each other, as what appears to be a half dozen troops in view storm the facility. 
In the bottom of the screen, you see a trooper chuck a grenade, as well as various interactions of body shields absorbing shots, etc. It appears that the grenade is a sticky variant, as it appears to stick on the wall and it la where it lands, and there's a red glowing AoE effect of some kind on that wall segment. At the 45-second mark, there's another shot of ground combat footage, starting with your first-person viewpoint as you fire a grenade launcher with the iron sights and a hilarious indicator telling the user that the unit holds three grenades and not to load them backwards, which is my favorite little sort of Easter egg in this. <laughs> See that where there's that one grenade round aimed back at you and there's a line through it saying, don't do that, asshole. Uh, <clears throat> at the 45 second mark, there's another shot of ground combat footage starting with your first person viewpoint as you fire a grenade launcher with the iron sights. Uh, oh, I already said that part. Yeah, sorry. At the 47 second mark, there's a first person view. Same weapon. Uh, you fire on a guy whose shields are down, knocking him back and causing a puff of blood to come off of his body. That is a very, that's the first that I've seen clear indicator of you'll, you'll actually see blood come off the body there as you make this shot. You have to slow it down to see it, but you can see it. At the 48 second mark, inside the base, which is now on fire with heat shimmer effects, there's a different weapon, uh, a laser base with a, with a sort of, with a scope. Um, the rest of the video descends into an absolute orgy of first-person shooter violence cut into half to two seconds bursts. But there are indicators of various shield effects, including one where a guy gets shot and you see the shield break effect, like it shimmers like the other shield ones do, but then it shimmers and then it has little crack marks on it and disappears. So, I mean, his shield is gone and he's now fucked, as you see, because he takes the next shot and his body recoils. You see aiming down sights. You see various walk, runt, or sorry, run, sprint, crouch, lean, weapons held at the ready, uh, in all manner of different positions, fire effects, dozens of weapon types, all sort of shitty trigger discipline, etc., culminating in a tactical retreat back to the ship. At the 57 second mark, you see a clipper take off over an icy body flying towards the camera on a beautiful clear night sky. Shimmering, there's light shimmering across the ice and causing long shadows and various rocks, including another one of those quartz looking mineral rocks in the bottom left of the screen. At the one minute mark, there's a cut uh, to, uh, sorry, at the 58 second mark, there's a close approach at Azaban City, Coriolis Station, where the Cobra enters the mail slot. And then at the one minute mark, it cuts to a whole different station. You cut to the opening shot from the previous dev diary of the Cobra coming in for a landing flying directly over the bar at the asteroid base. And then the whole thing ends at the minute two second mark with the man and woman facing away from the camera. He with the bulkier armor and over the shoulder light source, her without. As the Cobra flies directly overhead, so close that you would think it would knock them over but then it takes off in the distance with the gorgeous cinematic shot going out and enter the logo odyssey and the end of the clip. So now that I've given you my breakdown and pointed out the little 
the turrets firing, the, the turrets spinning around earlier, the tufts of blood, the shield breaking, all of these little things. Arson, go ahead and play the full video. We're going to just mute everything, watch the trailer, and when we're done, we're all going to talk about what we saw. So there you've seen it. Now, I pointed out a bunch of stuff. I hope you saw some new things that you've never seen before. Let's start with WK Jez. I see you noticed something with regard to the pose on the Distant Commander. Jez? Sorry, yeah, I muted myself. Um, yeah, in this shot here, it's kind of interesting to see that they're going into the depth where you're not just going to be a vessel. Kind of like well, how we play right now, our ships are relatively stationary, our mm -hmm. SRVs are relatively stationary as far as your field of view, but it's kind of cool that they've got that kind of little, I'm just kind of at the back here, I'm the grunt. <laughs> yeah, the guy that's at rest with his hands on his hips? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Sweet. You had an observation? I did. I saw in the shot right when the first person combat was starting off and you saw the grenade launcher rifle shoot a mm -hmm. grenade out there right after that we got a real quick glimpse of what looked like an automatic rifle and you could see the front end of that barrel just pumping as they were shooting that's a a very interesting cool little detail that they seem to have added in it tells me the level of detail that they are putting into this is immensely great oh yeah that was the one right where you saw the barrel pumping and then the guy takes the shot and you see his shields are clearly gone because you see a puff of blood comes off his body and he like staggers back just a little. He like flinches back. Yeah. Roy. I, I mean, maybe this goes without saying. I mean, we're used to the game being beautiful already, but I, I'm just stunned by those vistas uh, at the, near the beginning of the video flying over and looking at the terrain at how, how good a job uh, and of course, we need to see more planets and more more video to see if this plays mm -hmm. out. But how good a job they've done at making procedurally generated services look bespoke. Absolutely. Like, it's just that just I can't imagine how tricky that is to make this feel like it's unique, even though it's procedurally generated. So I want to make a point. Uh, I'm going to interrupt here in the proceedings to kind of make my point, my summation of what I see of this video. And then we're going to come back because I know Tweet has another point he wants to make. And I want to ask each of you sort of your thoughts on the video. But I want to make my point very, very clear here. In this video, literally, you're talking about a minute and two seconds of video 
right? And in that minute and two seconds of video, basically it's, you're, you're talking about, uh, oh, let's see, like 40 seconds at the beginning of non-combat footage followed by the rest of the video of combat footage. Now, if you ask people, because I've heard it from other people, I've heard more than a few people in the community say, well, I don't really give a fuck about first person shooter stuff. That's, I, I didn't come here to play Fortnite. You know, I am a space sim nerd. I want my space sim stuffs. And I'm really scared because all I saw in that video is, you know, shooter stuff. Uh, no, you didn't. You're just dead wrong. Because if it's a minute and two seconds of footage and they don't even start on the combat for the first 43 seconds and the last like eight seconds is non-combat as well. Frontier did an amazing job of doing two commercials. They were very, very sneaky here. They did two commercials for the price of one. Now, some people might say like, well, I wanted to see more stuff. I wanted to see more talking head stuff. I wanted to see more, you know, break it down for the people that already play. That's not what they were doing, dude. They were doing this. The, the idea of this, they played this commercial at the video game awards where a half a million people plus gamers saw this video and more will see it over the course of time where they were one of many trailers. And in that one of many trailers, they had a very distinct mission. And that mission was get people who don't play elite to go, holy shit, that looks good. Let me click on this link and see what's up. Let me go find out about this. And I think that not only did they do that, yes, they're going to, they threw out a wide net and they're going to pull out a lot of FPS gamers who are going to see that and say, that game looks sexy. Let's get in on that. But in the first bit of it, where they showed planet tech, atmospheric landings, they showed all of this stuff that I broke down. If you notice the vast majority of my breakdown on it, because I don't give a fuck about FPS games. I used to shoot people for a living. I don't, I'm not interested in that in my, in my fun time. I don't want to shoot people in video games. I'll do it, I guess, if I have to, but like, that's not my thing. I'm here for flying spaceships. I'm here for beautiful planets. I'm here for, you know, going out and collecting plant samples and finding stuff and doing trucker missions and driving around in my SRV and doing crazy shit. I'll shoot a few people if I have to, but like, that's not my real excitement. This video, this commercial, very compactly and very, very uh, economically showed us so much planet tech and so much new sort of stuff to be excited about for the people that don't give a fuck about FPS. And then also put in crazy FPS highlights to drag in all kinds of randos who will come into the game who will bring their money, who will hopefully bring their enthusiasm, leads to higher population, leads to more money for the company, more things that they can do for us old school space nerd. David Braben is the oldest of old school space nerds. He's not going to do you wrong. Any money that we can bring into this shit is just going to leave all of us sort of with a better outcome. 
So that's my feeling on it for, I've heard people that have said like, man, this was just FPS stuff that didn't have enough for me. Uh, look again, my friend, replay that video and time how much of it doesn't have shooting and how much of it does have shooting. It just seemed like it was all FPS because that's the part that was like crazy sort of new stuff. And of course your brain is, is set to figure out or, 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 or focus on the new stuff. And the new stuff looks great. It looks plenty sexy for people who are into that gameplay. But there's stuff in there for you as well. Now I'm going to turn it over to Tweak. You had a thought on atmospheric landings? Well, yeah, I was going to say, before, way back when, before we got any information on what Odyssey was actually going to entail, there was a train of thought that it was going to be only atmospheric landings. And I have to say, seeing what they've done with what we have with these light atmospheres, that almost would have been good. If, if, if we never would have heard anything about first-person combat and then all of a sudden we had atmospheric landings to explore, we would have been pretty excited about that. On top of that, we have all this first-person combat killer. It looks amazing. And I've been on record saying I'm not a big first-person shooter fan. I prefer third-person, but this looks amazing to me. But on top of all of that, I think it is, this video, I believe, is for us longtime players. Because what it shows you is it shows you the breadth of the universe now, the, the, the width of the galaxy. It's not just dark and in space. You land, there's sun, there's breezes, there's dust flying, there's fire, there's shooting. There's It's everywhere now. It's This, this galaxy just got so much more immersive and deep, to it, in my opinion. All right, so let's wrap this up for the general comments. And actually, what we're going to do is jump to each person and give them time to give their just overall whole thoughts on the thing. We're going to start with our guests. So let's start with Boss Lady B. And, and I know you had a thing on the tracking and footsteps. Please work that into your overall thing. Yeah, so I just want to dovetail on what Tweaked mentioned, which is this just, it expands the possibilities of what we can do. And just looking at the tracks that we already have with SRVs, but then footsteps, maybe there's missions where we have to hunt someone down or follow someone's footsteps or even gameplay created by players where there's kind of a hide and seek aspect or some sort of scavenger hunt with that level of detail would be really interesting. So just really mm. excited by this footage. And your thoughts overall on the whole of the thing, the presentation, knowing where it was at and sort of it was aimed at a wider audience, not just the elite players. What's your thought overall of the entirety of the trailer itself? Yeah, so I'm actually excited. I had to remind people last night of the same thing. Like this was, and I do like that Tweaked, you say this is for the veteran players, but of course it is It is meant to pull in newer players and highlight the best of what's coming up. So I think they did a good job of showing us new things, teasing us a little bit more, and also giving people who have no idea what Elite is a little sample of everything at once. So I think they did a decent job of that. Beautiful. And let's move on to WK Jez. Your thoughts on the whole of the of the trailer? Yeah, um, I'm gonna mix and match this comment a little bit with sure. this trailer versus the one that they had released a little earlier in the week. And I think it's fair to say mm. the one that they did earlier in the week with the whole seals logo and all of the logos and all of the commanders' names on it. I think it's fair to say that was for us. But, you know, the that was journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The journey so far trailer you're and referring then, to. Exactly, yeah. And then the one that we're watching now is obviously that's the catch net. That's 
for for the new players, like you said. But um, one thing I've been kind of talking around in hmm. this week is I think it's fair to say that in some ways this is a relaunch for the entirety of the game. It doesn't feel like it's a DLC. And I say that because if you think about where Elite Dangerous was at the start, Frontier was kind of shy. It was a Kickstarter. They were sharing their visions and, and kind of working things in here. And this time, with this um, Game Awards trailer, they're showing us with the licensed music and David Bowie. By the way, when we used to be able to play music on Twitch, you would uh, the amount of times people requested that I played that, Mm. So they're bold. They're saying we are a game. This is sounds you recognize, and you know, mm-hmm. and and I think it's good. I am one of the ones that are a little bit apprehensive um, for some of the reasons you mentioned before, but I'll kind of go into depth a little bit later on why I'm kind of seventy five percent there. Mm, go feel free. Let's 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 enter it into it now. I just posted a note into the. Uh, both of in the stream bot, so it'll go on both of the streams, and I posted it in the recording booth channel in case Larson wants to pull it up. It's entirely optional, but uh, it was there. There was an elite uh, Reddit subreddit post that went up today that it says PSA get hyped, but dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is uh, a thing that you shared with me, and is a feeling that sort of it. I think it was a, a clarion call that resonated with you. So why don't you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about it? Yeah, well, the article there, it's, it's very easy you know, to get hyped with everything that's going on, but this is fledgling steps. Uh, uh, Elite or Frontier has never done an FPS before. And I think it's clear to see that if, if they are making FPS a bold new part of Elite Dangerous, um, they can go one or two ways. It's even going to be a highly polished thing, and then some of the mm-hmm. other stuff follows behind it, or it's going to be teething, you know, teething problems. We're going to kind of, the game's going to grow around us and get better and better around us. But um, overall, the reason I'm apprehensive, if we put the dev diaries we've had so far, this and the journey so far and all of that, I'm a little bit worried that we haven't had the candy yet, the stuff that has kind of kept us going for a while. And I'm hoping on subsequent dev diaries they're going to round it off. And you know, if there's any new ships or you know some oh. intricacies around the space sim part of the game, I hope they go all out on it on the next dev diary, which I believe there is still one to come at least. No, there's there's two to come, and they're not gonna put they're not gonna put it on the next dev diary. The next dev diary is Sphere of Combat. They've already said that earlier in the month, and it will be a whole hell of a lot of what you've already seen here in this trailer. It's gonna be all about the suits and the FPS combat and all of that stuff. And I'm actually very excited by that because I thought that they were holding out on the combat stuff as the big ace in the hole. You normally, you know, here's how you do marketing, marketing 101. You build and you drop, you end on the sexiest of your sexy. And the fact that they are doing not, they're doing it out of order and they're doing sphere of combat as the third dev diary means that they're building to the sexiest of sexy, which is assemble your team. Now, we'll get into it a little bit later when we see the shots here, but there's some things that indicate that you're going to see 
NPCs, not players, but NPCs that are along with you on ground combat stuff. We know if if the whole thing is called assemble your crew, they've already told us that they're combining wing and multi-crew, so they fixed that, which leads me to believe, because of the other comments that we've had about a substantial refresh of the underlying code base, that we're going to see better instancing. I think, I, I agree with you. We need to see the big candy for the old-time players, and I think that is going to be Dev Diary for Assemble Your Crew, where I think we're going to see multi-crew fixed, wing fixed, instancing better than ever, and lots of stuff with regard to crew and 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 the the stuff for the old school pilots, where it's like the thing. What are the things that annoy us players? The things that annoy us are, you know, shit with with with. Oh, I want a multi-crew and wing at the same time. I want this. I want that you know, whatever. Um, and, and I think that that's the crescendo they're ending to. But I, I do you, Jess, do you really not think that in this video, having seen that it's 43 seconds before they start the combat and just how gorgeous these fucking planets are, did, did you not feel like that that was for you, the first 43 seconds of this with the amazing planetary tech and all the stuff that I pointed out with the atmospheres? Because oh, yeah. to me... That like if 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 they said, oh, by the way, like if if honestly, if I woke up tomorrow and the world changed suddenly and the FPS part of this didn't exist, it was just that planetary tech and the footprints and the walking around and the collecting plants and the salvaging and the other stuff that we see people getting out of their SRVs and walking around with their flashlights and their suits. If FPS wasn't even a part of this and they were like, hey, do you still want this for fifty four dollars? I would say shut the fuck up and take my money mm. like i there's so much in this video for us even though yes this this the flashy the sexy the part that people remember is the shooty shooty but there's more time in seconds spent on this that's not shooty shooty than is mm -hmm. what, do no, you, no, what do you think you're right the you're absolutely right and and i had clicked check out on the steam page before the fps <laughs> started i had because I actually opened a pre-order slightly before the video played, but um, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Just I want the the skinny on what the gameplay is going to be like in space. So let me ask you a question: What if mm -hmm. when they get to because the next Dev Diary is not going to make you happy? I'm telling you right now, Jess. The next Dev Diary is going to be suits and shooty, 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 and that's clearly not what gives you a boner. But what if? The Dev Diary After has new SRVs, has instancing fixed, has multi-crew and wing fixed, has all kinds of stuff for uh, all of us old forum dads. Is that is that mm -hmm. going to be the big the big payoff, the big Christmas miracle that makes you happy? If 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 that's what happens, which I believe it probably will, then it's mission accomplished. The the two years of purgatory that the game was in before all of this. A given. Let's go. Let's get, you know, let's go. Let's start, you know? Beautiful. All right. Mm -hmm. Tweaked, you are next up. Give me, I know you've been, because you've been dotting like a fucking madman. Why don't yep, you give me your overall, <laughs> give, me, give me your points and your overall, give me the whole thing on, on this video for you. Go. Absolutely. First, I'd like to combat Jez a little bit. First of all, a good manager 
knows their weaknesses and brings in people to support those weaknesses. And that's exactly what FDEV did. You're right. You're absolutely right. They've never done first-person shooter stuff before. But what they did, and you'll have to forgive me, I don't remember the name of the person that they hired, but they went out. Pierce Anthony. That's the one. And he's done, he's, he's like one of the considered in the industry to be one of the elite for, no pun intended, for first-person shooters. So they brought in people to, to strengthen their weaknesses. And secondly, I don't understand what you mean. What are they going to do with the space sim part? The space sim part has been great. That is what it is. Odyssey has nothing to do with the space sim part. This is extending it down to the ground. And I couldn't be more excited for that. As a player that has almost 3,000 hours in the game, triple elite, 12 billion credits, and I still can't get enough of this game as it is right now. And then they're adding this stuff to it. I take my money actually, and... I actually disagree a little bit, Tweaked. I think we're going to see with Dev Diary 4, Assemble Your Crew, we're going to see lots of bones for the old school space players. Like I said, wing, multi-crew, instancing. We're going to see a sure, lot of good sure. things for, for people that don't give a shit about the ground. We are. I, I don't I, I don't disagree with that. I do. We're going to get the things like uh, physical multi-crew, you know, walk onto mm -hmm. my ship and I fly you somewhere, stuff like that. We're going to get a lot of little things like that. And the simple fact of the code refresh is going to solve a lot of the problems that we're suffering from right now. And I will go on record saying I tend to believe the PWA, this god dang pulse wave analyzer is one of them. Yes, it's yeah. a problem. Yes, it needs to get fixed. But it's not game-breaking. You can do other things to make money. There's other ways to do things in this game. I think they don't want to invest the time it's going to take to tear apart the code to find and fix whatever that problem was, when in a month or two months or three months, this code refresh that the whole everybody's going to get is going to solve it at that point in time. Okay. I'm going to give Jez two seconds to respond to your point <laughs> before we move to Roy and give his thoughts on the whole thing. Go for it. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. My my view on this isn't negative. It it's I may be coming across like it is overall negative. It's not. Um, I've got one foot on the ground, maybe where other people are kind of already floating off in there. But I mean, I'm I'm still just kind of apprehensive about things like the the feel good activities like pirating and mm. you know all of the the things that we've got now that we've been talking about for the last little while. If this change in in the the coding is going to help make these things a little easier to get into and enjoyable um and to enhance that element like i said everything else i've seen so far i like it's a thumbs no. up but yeah it's not I, negative i promise <laughs> i know i respect that 100 percent. it's good to hold them to account and say like okay this looks pretty and all but i want more mm -hmm. candy for the old school ship flyers i get that roy Give us your thoughts on it, the whole thing as a whole. Yeah, so I agree that this is two commercials sort of taped together, and there and there's different audiences. I'd also say there's there's a uh, sort of a different different bar of quality that each of these two halves uh, was aiming for and needed to needed to hit. Um, and maybe I'll start with the combat first, and then go back to the the. The, the planetary stuff, but the, so for the combat, I think precisely because Elite hasn't, you know, been a, a juggernaut in that genre, um, there isn't high expectations. In fact, it may be more like don't mess it up, like make it at least passable, right? Like let's not have it detract from the game. And um, I think because there's been such a low bar, 
I actually think it's really impressive. I mean, I could compare like these shots of um, the the commanders running through the dark on fire, uh, you know, installation and the shooty shooty. Um, that holds up. I mean, there's another game that came out this week that was in development for seven years that probably wishes some of its parts uh, and graphic glitches could produce what that just showed us in that little clip. Um, so, so I, I think from that standpoint, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll say pleasantly surprised with what I see on the, on the, on the combat side, because honestly, I wasn't expect, I was, I was more in the camp of like, please don't screw it up. Let's please not have this be something that's so tacked on that it's immersion breaking. And I think they've well surpassed that, um, mm. on the planetary stuff and the vistas and the, the surface graphics and the you know the subtle reflections off rocks and the atmospheric scattering of the starlight and things like that um there's a pretty high bar there because the, like i said before the game's already beautiful and i i think and again we need to see more but i think what this may be approaching is it's almost like um when you think of uh face modeling in a in a, in a sim there's the uncanny valley whereas the graphics get better and better it gets in this uncanny valley where it just looks un unnerving because it's mm -hmm. not quite enough realistic. It'd be better if they made it a bit more cartoony. And if I was to apply that same metaphor to the landscapes, you know, in the current game, plenty of plenty of beautiful things. There are some things like when you're, say, a canyon flying and stuff, and you see the textures kind of stretched over the peaks. And There's some things in there that... Mm, I mean, yeah. it's, the game shows its age. I guess the engine shows its age there. Mm -hmm. This is well beyond that. And I'm, I'm almost wondering if this is now sort of crossed this sort of uncanny valley when you talk about the beauty and realism of something that's supposed to look like a real landscape to where, you know, one of the things that I, I think they didn't quite get to in the current game is, I mean, it, it varies. It's, it's here and there places that you want to stop and walk around just because it's so cool. I think right now those are somewhat limited to, um, you know, spectacular vistas where the sun or the star just lines up with a mountain or things colliding or uh, certain combinations of, of composite composition, photographic composition you can get because there's, you know, I don't know, geysers or different things, right? There's, like there's special things of interest. This I think almost gets to the point where, I, I don't know. I might get lost just walking around looking at stuff. You know, like yeah. it might actually cross that boundary, which would be awesome. Hell yeah. I'll just say right now, anybody that looks at this landscape and says that this doesn't look photorealistic, fucking fight me. Mm. Uh, I, mm. I, I have nothing but love for Dr. K. Ross. I want to have her babies. Dr. K, you're the fucking best and the world does not deserve you. So, yeah. Uh, and I saved arson for last because on purpose... Because Arson is the one out of all of us that I think is most the shooter junkie. And I wanted to get him in on this to sort of, as the one who I think is the, the most, I think maybe probably behind, I, I think sort of out of all of us, the one that's, the, if you were to do the shooter junkies, the two of us, you, you would talk about Boss Lady is probably more so along that spectrum and Arson hard along that spectrum of loving this shit i wanted to end with you so that you could sort of bring it full circle and as a fan of the hanging out in my cockpit as well as the take a shotgun and shoot you to the face i wanted to get your thoughts go 
yeah thank you for that because it was great hearing all of the thoughts about it uh i do have to say i am so excited about the landscapes that makes the game for me but i i do want to latch onto the shooter bit a bit here uh that clearly i'm in the minority of this group um but the the whole thing that that gets me because like MMO first-person shooters have been something that game companies have been trying to do for a while. You have Planet Side 1, which was amazing. Planet Side 2, which dropped the ball. Firefall, Tabula Rasa, and other similar games that were first-person shooter genres. But the thing with all of those games is they had limits. And they were still focused entirely on combat. Like, yeah, some of them had crafting, things like that. But Elite is is doing something with shooters that I have deeply, deeply craved for a very long time, and it's because it didn't start out as a shooter. And my favorite thing about playing a shooter is playing it in a single player or something where I have like the ability to progress and do things that aren't related to combat and then respond to the violence or attacks or things that are happening around me with my weaponry because I came prepared as opposed to, ah, I need to hit that match. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go. Like, I'm not into that. That's why I don't play call of duty or any of those other freaking games. Um, mm. it's and uh, elite is going to really, in, in my opinion, deliver something that I don't really believe any, other game has ever delivered in the multiplayer sphere and that's going to be amazing that all said i'm deeply afraid of a couple of things uh mainly because of my my experience with cyberpunk over the last couple of days um i'm worried about time to kill and shields and all of that stuff it can't be too short because you don't want casual players uh to get dropped on by somebody and then just die the second they get shot but you also don't want 30 minute gunfights like you get in space now i don't think that that's going to happen on that extreme but i'm looking forward to seeing where where that balance lays out and the animations, um, and I loved uh, the the point out that uh, Jez had earlier about uh, the idle animations. All of the animations in here are, they're amazing. I, I don't feel like the character's behavior feels like in that uncanny valley, like Roy described it with the planetary scenes. And uh, I, like, I can just keep going. So I'm just going to go ahead and set my <laughs> podium down. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Let's move on. Let's let's wrap up the the just video portion and move on to the four shots that came with it. So Frontier provided uh, several people, including myself, with four shots and, and Polygon Magazine. So everybody had it uh, with four shots uh, from from the uh, stills from the game footage. Uh, Arson, go ahead and pull up the first one, and let's let's. We're going to just go through these with the dot system and everybody sort of give your thoughts on it. So I'm going to start off. <clears throat> so here's what we see right off the bat. You're looking at a person that's got uh, a, a laser, you know, a beam uh, weapon, and the he's changing the magazine, which in this case is going to be some sort of, you know, a battery to, to, to give the weapon more uh, uh, sort of juice to, with which to pump out on people. Uh, when you look at this picture, 
here are the things that I see right off the bat. The the uh, maker of the uh, rifle is Takata, Takata Industries. You've got on the top left corner, you've got a uh, sort of a map, a mini map with uh, a north indicator that's to the side there. So, you know, obviously that's that's moving around. You've got dots, which you will see later. I'll explain those dots indicate that they are enemies. They are not, uh, you know, dots are friends, triangles are, or sorry, dots are enemies. Triangles are either neutrals or friends. You've got on the top left corner of that mini map, it shows that you have a wanted icon. But look at the bar on that. From where the dot is and the bar that goes around the mini map all the way over to where the north is, there's and there's a line there. There's place for a lot of different icons there. So the only one that they're showing us right now is the wanted icon, but there is definitely more to be found there. Uh, when you look in the bottom left-hand corner, you see multiple indicators. You see a lot of indicators. You first, you see above the thing in the bottom left-hand corner, you see a chat bar indicator. So like, okay, that's to get to the chat. Next to that, you see uh, a little circle with a little, uh, it's hard to see it there, but you'll see it later. There's a little sort of cross there. Uh, as as Arson pointed out, and it will show in just a bit, I think that this indicates sort of like, you know, just the same way as if you target an objective. So you have a mission objective, just the same way as in your ship. If you target like a planet or a moon, you'll see a hollow dot if you're going away from it. Uh, and it'll sort of reorient itself or a solid dot if you're going towards it and you can move it. I think you'll, you'll see that. There's a bar. On that bar, the very first thing you see is a eyeball with a moon. What does an eyeball with a moon mean? It means night vision. So I think that's your night vision indicator. Then there's a little Tigger kind of boingy, boingy bounce with an arrow. That's your jetpack indicator. You've got a little lightning bolt with a circle. That's your power indicator. You've got a shield, which surprisingly enough means shield. You've got O2 for your oxygen level. You've got showing that you have 49% on the bar on your power. So you're just under half power. And below that is your reserve O2 levels, your reserve oxygen, which you only hit if you get to the point where you're out of power and your scrubbers don't work. You see a little three in a box there. That three indicates that that is the, the level of your access on that base, uh, which we'll get to in just a, a little while how I know that. You see it, an indicator right next to that. That's your health bar. You have 96% health, so it's a little hashed bar all the way around uh, of your health. And around that, you have two solid bars and one hash bar, meaning that you have less than full shields. You have two full rings and one not quite full ring of shields. Um, as you look around, you can see amazing textures on all of it, but as you go up, you're gonna see your temperature, 292 Kelvin. It's all measured in Kelvin. Uh, you've got gravity, which is 0.67 G. You've got a uh, sort of a compass bar across there with a little arrow indicating what your heading is. And you will get other indicators on there. If you have a mission objective, you'll get another arrow or another sort of mark saying, hey, your mission objective is sort of in that direction. Top right, you've got your latitude and longitude. Fixed points anywhere in the planet. God, does that get me excited and hope that maybe they will fucking finally give us better latitude, longitude positioning since we have it everywhere on the planet that we go, maybe better for the bookmarks. But, you know, that's a whole other discussion. 
Uh, and you've got a very cool looking weapon there with a, uh, you know, scope uh, that you can use for your for your weapon when you do your aim down sights. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Let's uh, go around. We're going to start with. Uh, here we go. Let's start with tweet. First thing you see. Go ahead. Well, the first thing I notice is the interior lighting, the, 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 just the way the interior looks, period. I cannot wait to get into some of these buildings and just walk around. Absolutely. Jez. Yeah, they have a tin, tinfoil helmet moment, but I've not actually seen people talk about it yet. It just came to me. The color of this HUD is predominantly blue, and there's more than four shades of color on that HUD. So... Maybe this will extend to ship cockpit HUDs as well, because currently there's a four shades that we can mess around with in the game files if we want to change our HUD color, but maybe if, if this is the on-foot HUD that this will extend to the ships, hopefully? Fingers crossed? Maybe. Fingers crossed. Let's see. Arson. You know, the, the, you're getting me thinking there, Jez. What if... Since they did build a new HUD color system, they do implement that. Not necessarily the same HUD or colors, but... Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and pop this up since I have the opportunity. The thing that I noticed that I can't help but latch onto, uh, and it's easier to see in the screenshot that I grabbed it from, but it's in all of the screenshots we're going to cover, is this little sphere. I don't know what it is. I think it's one thing, but it doesn't make sense that that's what it is, even though it does. And I think it's a compass from, from navigation targets, but I don't know. And, we'll find out. And yeah, but the, the other thing that really catches my eye with these interiors is I like, we know that the frontier does procedural construction of like uh, outposts in space and, you know, various other things. Uh, the work that they did on these settlements is amazing because you can tell that they're prefabs, but they don't feel, they don't feel slapped together. They don't mm. feel generic. Yeah. And okay. that that's that's my latch on on this one. I just love it. Other than the HUD is beautiful. Boss Lady B. And then this was actually an accidental find, but seeing this image full size, the level of detail they've put into rendering the textures of the different materials. So just on the glove with that power pack, there is a like a rubbery substance for the fingers. There's a fabric texture on the finger, you know, the, mm. the top. It is like a glove that you would actually use for utility. So if this is what we're already seeing in game, I can't wait to see you know, the different textures we're going to see in the social hubs and on different suits and fabric and the NPCs and things like that. Good deal. Right on. All right. So moving to the next shot, we have uh, number one, we see, uh, let's see here. So this is the one where the guy's chasing somebody else, you know, running through a corridor. There you go. You've got it, Arson. Here's what we're seeing. Number one, there is a icon. Uh, it's a red icon that is hollow. So just as we have the hollow icons of, of uh, what do you call it, of uh, uh, players in the ships, we have a hollow icon here. Now, I'm going to say that I don't think 
that this indicates that he is an enemy, even though he's red. I think red indicates that he has a weapon drawn, because you can clearly see the guys running around with a weapon. But he is a triangle, sort of a, a, a an arrow shape, which I think indicates that he is actually on your team. So I think dots are enemies or, or targets to shoot, and arrows are people that are sort of on your team. Hollow means it's a player. Now, if you look on that mini-map, you'll see three other arrows. I think those are solid, so those are NPCs, and they are not red, which means they do not have weapon drawn. I think they're still neutral. I think if you fire upon them, they will become dots. If you don't, they will, if they stay neutral to you, if they don't fire on you and you don't fire on them, I think they'll stay as arrows. They are NPCs, so they'll stay solid no matter what. Um, you see that you've got, again, the wanted symbol up there. You see now in this particular shot, if you look down in the bottom left-hand corner, you'll see that there's three full bars of shield and the guy's at 100% health. He still has a hashed health, but <clears throat> the percentage for the health there is really the number is, is what you use for it. It's just the green bar will sort of empty out and, and become less of a full circle the more damage that you take. 55% shields, again, in all of these shots, so long as, or sorry, 55% energy. In all of these shots, so long as you have energy, I, I, I suspect that you will never see that O2 bar empty because your energy provides your scrubbers for your O2 levels. So I, I think that that is just a, that's a reminder. That is your, you need to know this at all times. If your power goes out, your O2 is going to drop and you got to be ready to deal with that. So you see here an indicator of the guy. His name is Commander Croner. The top blue bar is his shield. The bottom green smaller bar is his health. You see on there that he is wanted. You can see flashing on the, on the not flashing, but on the display on the wall in the doorway that he's running through that it's a zone two. So it's saying that that is for people that is a security level two sort of area. And you can see, uh, like I said, above your health bar, you are zone three. So... Or, or you have access level three. Um, again, you've got the heat indicator, the temperature rather, the gravity. You've got the, the compass, <clears throat> the lat long. In this particular case, as you have your weapon drawn and you're not looking down the sights, you have a target reticle that is on the guy. Now you'll see in other pictures, if you're aiming it at the ground or at a rock or at something that is not a person to shoot at or not a target to shoot at, it will be sort of a white reticle with it looks different. In this particular case, it is a red reticle, so it's saying, okay, it's aimed at him. If you pull the trigger, you're going to hit him. Uh, and he has a little solid circle with a triangle above his head. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure what that indicates. We'll, we'll see later. With regard to the ammo situation, you see on here that your weapon has uh, 24 over 187. So I think that what that means is, you know, you have the three little bullets, meaning that is your clip, that's your magazine. You have 24 shots in this magazine and you have 187 shots total on you in different magazines. So you might have to change, in this case, that little circle cylinder power pack for a new quote unquote magazine with this weapon. You have zero grenades available underneath that you see and you see that the type of grenades that you had that you were using last back before you ran out were stun grenades it has a little lightning bolt on there so that's a that is an electric 
you know, like a stun grenade as opposed to a percussive grenade or a willy peat if you're talking about a heat grenade. So, all right, let's move on to Roy. You had a, a thought. Yeah, I'm one of the things that's kind of struck me and um, we'll see a little bit different of this as we go through these pictures, but this where they've chosen to put things on this HUD, if if I keep going back to the some of the comments that Braben and others made about extending, you know, the paradigms from flying spaceships into uh, combat on on foot. And one thing that kind of jumps out at me, and I'm not sure if it's it's hit me a bit weird, is like we're used to seeing radar in the middle. Uh, we're used to seeing enemy status on the left, our own shield status on the right. Um, obviously, this is all moved around. Um, there isn't anything in the two right-hand corners. I think one of the shots has an info panel that pops up or something. The, yeah. the thing, there's obviously a very different sort of user interface theme or language going on here. Like, for example, uh, I'm taking from these images that there is no pip management in Odyssey on foot, which is such an integral part of combat in a spaceship. It's just it's just absent here. Um, I think... I think the the equivalency uh, to quote unquote pip management in this particular case would be ammo, whether it be guns or or grenades, and then you know managing quote unquote your 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 sort of energy levels and whatnot. Like I think it's more a matter of maybe 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 you'll see that under the the little tigger symbol the the the, the um what do you call it um the, the little jetpack symbol you know if you activate that well then that uses your energy faster or whatever i think it's a, a different way of managing it but i, I interrupted you go ahead well no it's a fair point i it feels like this is a clean sheet approach to a ui um as opposed to trying to uh carry over let's call it to the degree that you can have muscle memory about where to look in mm. combat for different things this is very different and I, i'd be curious if you know in the future we get some insight into why they made these choices this way because you know from one fps game to the next all these things are different but they already have a combat system where people are kind of trained where to look at certain things while they're in combat and this is very different that's all arson yeah, so I, I was thinking about what you said there, Roy, on the, the HUD spacing and layout. And I think that the reason they went with this particular style and layout is is notice how the magazine and weapon capacity and grenades, that's not a main HUD element like the compass, the radar, or the you know, the suit status indicators. It's attached to the weapon. And I think that the reason that they did this is because when you holster your weapons, the bottom of the screen, they want it as clear as possible for when you're walking around exploring because they know damn well their explorers are basically the, the bread and butter of who's going to really be hitting this content the most, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, but once you put the weapon down, uh, and I don't think we have a screenshot that shows that, but there won't be anything obstructing that when you walk up to, say, a, a geological site and start inspecting something or looking through salvage. Your HUD's not going to be obstructing anything. So that's that's my thought in, in regards to that. I, I really like it. And on the pip management thing... Um, I love the, the the catch there. 
Um, but I, I think that just general resource management, like Kai was pointing, and I think that that's that's the pip management of of it. Like you're you're focusing on making sure you don't run out of power, so don't overuse your jetpack, uh, don't lose your shields too much and waste power, things like that. I will point out that of the so so let's look at the bar that's above the let's look at the the symbols that are above the two bars there. The one is, like I said, I think it indicates night vision. It's just click this to turn on night vision. But the other remainder, and, and the one on the far right is your oxygen. I think that is just, you have it, you don't have it, whatever. But I, I think what you're going to see there is that the other three, it's it's the jet pack, energy bar, and shield. And I think that, you know, energy bar obviously is just showing your overall. I think that if there is we we every picture that we've seen of these four shows the energy there it's all focused on the energy bar every time for all we know when you click on the jetpack or the shield one there's a little pip indicator showing you know do you want to move it towards jetpack or do you want to move it towards shield i think weapons are completely separate weapons handle themselves in that you know you have a a a, a sort of token system i.e ammo that handles the weapons. But I think there may be some interplay once we get to the point where we can click on those buttons and see what the hell is under them. That may be where the pips reside. We don't know. We won't know until we see. Jez, you had a very cool idea on the guns. Hop in on this. Yeah. Noticed on that, just looking at the visuals of that, that little vent at the uh, back of the gun there, maybe could they overheat perhaps, you know. Um, yeah. Maybe. But, uh, I want to chip in also on what you were saying about the, the, the HUD being on the left-hand side. You'll Actually, there's a few other games that have started to shift the things over there on the left, and not just tactical uh, shooters. Um, Boss Lady and I play Factorio, for example, and they've just recently changed their HUD to put the information side of things on the bottom left-hand corner as well, so I don't know mm. if there's a new kind of standard in gaming coming up or something. I don't know. Did anybody have anything else they wanted to add to this picture before we move to the next? Uh, I, I think it shows in a few, but I'll mention it here. There's those little dots in the in the scope beneath uh, the center point. Uh, we don't have any pictures of aiming down sights, but presumably there's that's conveying some kind of information. Uh, maybe not just a graphical element that's, that's there for cosmetics, but it's actually something to do with maybe a different set of info when you're aiming down sights. Yeah, I mean, we do have a, in the video. There's a very brief clip of the ADS aiming down sights, but yeah, in the in the, in the still shots that we have that have the HUD elements up, uh, yeah, this is the only one that that uh, we we don't have one that that shows that. So yeah, uh, Arson, move on to the next shot. All right. So in the next shot, we see there's a change in weapons. Now you're dealing with a pistol. The pistol is firing at a guy that's in very close range. He's he's sort of standing in the middle of that airlock aiming at you. I'm looking for the thing here. Here we go. So in this shot, right off the bat, we've got now, if you look on the mini-map, as I said before, you have uh, on the mini-map, you've got north has changed position. So north, that little north indicator is going to swing around, obviously, wherever you're at. You have one, two, three, four, five dots dots or targets as i'm saying you've got one triangle that's sort of behind you or one arrow that's sort of behind you that arrow that's behind you i think it's only red because it's got a weapon drawn not because it's against you 
Um, I've, I would assume that all of the dots, because they're also red, have a weapon drawn. You see that you have a field of view indicator that has two sort of settings. You have the narrow in sort of cone, and then you have a much wider cone. I think that there's going to be differences of sort of your maybe ability to hit, maybe some or or just your your how clear your field of view is between those two. You see under let's go down. You see the chat bar. You've got 22 messages. Some people are waiting to talk to you. You've got 90% um, shield again, 100% health. Uh, or sorry, 90% battery, 100% shield, uh, and 100% health. And the way I know that it's 100% shield is because all three rings of the shield are solid there. The same bar at the top, as always. On the top right, as Roy was indicating before, where he said sometimes there's some stuff up there, you see that you just got an update, $100 credit bounty gain for assault against Neville Lang. Now, <clears throat> let's look at the two people that we see here, because we can see... Basically, well, three people in this shot. There's the one up front that you're shooting, and there's two that are sort of poking around the, the right side there along the wall. If you look up at the mini-map, you will see the two corresponding sort of dots that are basically touching each other, saying that these two guys are real close together, and the one dot that's right in front of you is the, there. So those are the three guys you see. So that means that just around the corner to the left just about to walk into that field of view, but he's not, he's obstructed from view right now from the left side of that, that walkway or whatever entryway is another target. And then farther off in the back to the right down that hallway, there is a another guy. Now look at your target reticle this time. You have a different looking target reticle uh, because it's a different weapon, uh, but it is clearly aimed at the guy. So you've got a green sort of X with a red dot in the middle and then red hashes that are sort of sort of make a, a, a that hash onto the other green lines, the red, the green X. You, you, you see that over the guy. You see that you fired at him and he's taking a damage of some sort. There's a bluish color there. You see that uh, there's sparks coming off of that. He's obviously got a weapon aimed at you. He's wearing combat armor. The two guys on the right are interestingly wearing some form of combat armor, but without helmets. Uh, and like I said, the one is in a sort of lower crouch position and the other one is higher up. Um, that's everything that I'm seeing off of this one. Why don't we start with, let's see, Arson, did you have something there? <laughs> I, I love that they, they did a, a picture with a pistol because uh, I love the, the idea of, you know, assault rifles and portable rail guns and, and all that kind of stuff. But what I really want more than anything for those scenarios where I'm doing my own business and then something pops off, I want to pull a pistol and I want to feel like Han Solo or the fucking Mandalorian or whatever and be a badass pistolier walking around mm. like that. Well, I, I hope they don't suck. I, I don't know about more, a gunslinger. I, I don't know about being Han Solo or the Mandalorian or whatever that weeb shit. Uh, here's what I know. Here's what I know. As somebody who has done close, close quarters combat in a fucking building, if I have to clear like my house, if I have to clear a building that's not huge, that's like tight corners or whatever, 
I'm taking a pistol 10 times out of 10 over a machine gun because it's easier for close quarters combat. I'm it, It's more effective at killing people up close. If I have to go walking down my street and clear the, you know, clear the street, if, I, if I'm in an urban combat setting where I'm walking down a street and going building to building, I definitely am going to want to have a, 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 a machine gun. If I'm going through sort of a larger area at a farther distance, I'm definitely going to want to have a rifle. But if I'm walking around inside of a tight fucking building with little hallways and tight corners, I'm taking a pistol 10 times out of 10. It's just better getting the job done. But uh, I will also note one thing I forgot to mention. You have four rounds handy with 180 capacity. So you have multiple magazines uh, or batteries or whatever the fuck this, this type of weapon takes. But it shows here you have zero grenades handy, but your last one, it's a different indicator for the grenade. This one is just a regular grenade, you know, sort of a, it explodes and does kinetic damage. Your last one was a stun grenade. It has a little electrical icon on it. So multiple types of grenades. Um, Roy. Uh, this caught my eye. I, I, is that a holographic sight on the pistol or is that lens flare from something else? I couldn't tell. No, that absolutely is a holographic sight that is... So basically what you're looking at there is where you would have like your iron sights for the front sight. There's a holographic sight that's on the front of the pistol. So I, I would think that you could maybe have... So basically what, they, what Frontier have already said is they give you a reticle that's out in space if you're not going to like aim, aim. But if you're going to do the aiming down sight, then you use that reticle. So I would say that probably... In this particular case, you don't need the reticle because you're shooting a guy that's four feet in front of you. But if you were in a situation where all you had left was pistol ammo and you wanted to shoot a guy that's, say, down the hallway or that's farther back, you would try to line up with that sight better. And I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be dismissive when I was talking about Star Wars stuff, whatever. I love Star Wars. I love all space stuff, whatever. I'm just looking at it. When I think of combat, I don't think of fucking video games and Star Wars or whatever. I think of situations where I've been at where people were trying to shoot me and I was shooting them. And so that's sort of where my mind goes. Uh, boss lady, you had a point. Yeah. So the, the thing that I've been thinking about, but this screenshot is probably the best indicator is situational awareness. So is there going to be some sort of engineering that you can improve your um, your radar distance, you know, kind of like our sensors on our ships, but for your um, your suit at the expense of something else. Or, you know, I think there's going to be some trade-offs where certain people will have certain abilities or certain specialties uh, would be really neat to see, such as in Apex, they have um, a character that has a special ability where you can get that kind of radar feel and it can spot things that are stealthed or... Um, because we are in suits, I'm thinking with PUBG or Escape from Tarkov, you have the the sound uh, is really, 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 really important to be able to locate where people are. So is there going to be an aspect to being able to pick up directional sound? Is there something in our suits that that amplifies out, you know, exterior sound into us so we can kind of um, listen? So that's kind of where I'm I'm curious to see this in a first person Perspective, so, all we've seen is from the third person perspective so far. Sort of like a sensor suite of some kind. Or maybe maybe that little shoulder mounted jabby does flashlights, but also has sensors. Because, I mean, in this particular picture, I will point out 
you see the one guy that's very close that you're shooting. You see the two dots that are sort of behind that. If you look very, very closely and you zoom in, you can see what is maybe the head of that third guy that's to the back right, that one that's farther out. But for sure, you cannot see the dot that's to the left of you. The dot that's to the left of you is out of your field of view. Now, it could be because this is an action shot and he was around there. He just ducked out and then ducked back. And so, you know, he's there because he ducked back. But it could also be that you have some kind of sensor suite here that sort of in previous shots, I will note when you see the triangles of the green triangles or the green arrows of NPCs, there were some of them that were very clearly like behind you, around corners, around walls that you could not see at all. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's some sort of... um sensor mechanism or game mechanism that allows for awareness of things that you can't actually even see. I see a whole lot of dots that just popped up. So we're going to dispense with these, but I want everybody to be quick because we got to keep it moving. Uh, tweet. Yeah, I was just off from uh, Boss Lady's comment there about the sound. That's a great point. And, and I would venture to say with as great as the sound is in the game to this day already, I cannot wait to hear the sounds that we get on the ground with Odyssey. And and absolutely right. When we're walking around doing some of these stealth missions that we know we're going to be able to do and you hear something in a, a, off in the distance, I think sound is going to play a big part in some of this stuff that we're going to get. Arson. Uh So I did want to point out there, Frontier has said at this point that there will be no third person on Odyssey. I'm personally thankful for that. Uh, it's already clear that there are people that aren't okay with that. Um, hopefully they give us the camera suite on foot based off the footage they've shown us. I assume that they will be. Um, but I've got to say frontier, uh, don't cave no third person combat, please, because they will completely ruin open PVP is a viable option with it. Okay. Arston, let's move on to the fourth and last shot. So if you look up on the screen, there you go. There's the fourth shot. Now, right off the bat, I want to point out something that's sort of a meta observation because it's, I'm not just going to point at like, oh, this thing and this thing. I'll get to those. But I want to point out of all of the shots from what we saw of the video, right? All of the shots looked much better than this. This yeah. shot looks way the fuck washed out. Now, that could just be that you're on a crazy, hazy, washed out, over bright desert planet. Like, if that's the case, but but I will point out that what we're seeing here in the background, if you see, you'll see it says Aster's Hope 2. So we're on the planet of Aster's Hope. Now, maybe it's just at a certain time of day, if the sun's in a certain whatever, that it's like crazy washed out. But I will say this looks overly bright, overly washed out, and... Just not as good as every other shot that we saw, which makes me wonder and makes me want to see and makes me wait to say, like, hey, let's see. Um, what do you call it? Let's see the, when we get to the alpha extended, whatever you get to come in and play. I want to make sure that it doesn't all look like this, because if it all looks like this, that would be less impressive than the other shots that we've seen. But now, having said that, let's see what I notice. Right off the bat, let's start with the mini-map in the top left corner. We've got a solid, or sorry, we have a hollow arrow right next to you. That's your buddy there. He's red, but he's obviously not firing at you. He's firing away, which, okay, I get. 
you see a red uh, uh, arrow that is moving across from your left to your right. That Now, see, I'm a little confused by this because unless the guy here is shooting sort of past that person, that woman, it looks like, to the guy that's in the far background, which would be sort of weird... I would I would definitely not recommend people fire in that like an arc that goes right past your uh, friends. Uh, but you know I don't know whatever. You, so you see, there's a woman that's running across. There's somebody that's lying prone on the ground that's not even showing up as a blip on the mini map. So that person's dead. I would I would counter. You have a guy in the far distant background that's aiming towards you with a weapon. Uh, that guy's so far back they don't appear on the mini map. If you notice on the mini map, there is a solid sort of rectangle on the far right side. Uh, as Frontier has already told us, that indicates that it's some sort of an objective. So there's, you know, a power plant or a something that, you know, whatever the mission objectives are for whatever this is that we're doing, it's going to be a sort of around that corner that you have to deal with, interact with in some way. Um, <clears throat> you see, obviously, there's an anaconda in the background that uh, there's there's all kinds of dust that's kicking up by the front of it. I don't know if it's landing or if it's taking off or what it's doing, but there's I, I presume that that's some sort of an action shot. You see an exploded barrel there to the right. And one of the few things that I, I, I was surprised that no one mentioned, just as we had the turrets in the in the video, if you look to the far, far left, you very clearly see a big old multi-cannon turret that sort of pointed at that anaconda. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. Um, again, the same weapon from Takata. Again, the same dots that you can see actually more clearly here on the um, um, scope. And on that, on that circular magazine battery, whatever that you would call it, it's weird when I say magazine, it's like, well, no, it's a battery because it's a laser weapon. But you can see where it says that it is eight kilowatt hour uh, charge pack. So for what that's worth. And again, your O2 level is full. Your your battery pack is at 53 percent. Your health is full. Your your shields are full, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have a chat window there, which is weird. And you can very clearly see now the cross in that circle, which I think I think it very much sort of um, supports Arson's theory with regard to the fact that that is like an objective where the dot would be if you locked onto an objective. The guy that's to your left, he's sort of kneeling in an odd sort of way, and his pistol is kind of clipping through his leg to the right side there. And uh, his foot is bent in a way that if you were to ever do that i think would just break off your toes but yeah interesting um let's start with jez you had something on combat systems yeah so i think it's fair to say on all four of these pictures we've seen they're in pve environments um because there's not a lot of hollow dots on the mini map but i, I was kind of curious looking at this do you think or anybody think that this is um when it comes to pvp they're actually going to do any kind of funneling 
into areas like such as we're seeing with the frontline solutions are they going to pinpoint us towards areas that is going to appeal to us to pvp on or do you think that they're going to go for the lobby cqc style battleground pvp to get people in the same area uh i think so our uh our said on a stream he said you know are we going to have cqc on foot we're not going to talk about that on right now but the answer is yes okay. so like yes uh next point we got uh pvp funneling because that's a, a, a part of it arson hop in on that uh yeah so i i don't know general gameplay wise like cqc for for legs cool but i think that's going to be wholly separate like cqc for for you know the fighters but i think that the way that pvp funneling is going to work is it's just going to be like CZs now, where if you happen to go to the combat zone and another player is fighting that same war, you may get pitted against each other. But otherwise, it's primarily a PvP or a PvE environment. Uh, you know, you're part of the game world. I suspect that that's probably how it's going to play, play out for me or my wager. All right. Roy. Couple quick things. I, I agree the graphics are a bit weird in this one. It's almost like they've turned off a lot of advanced graphics features and you're left with very flat shading on everything, maybe. Um, I, I, just to go back though to the HUD setup quick, do, do, do you think the way they've shown us these elements means that as opposed to how in an SRV you can look to the left and see the nav panel and look to the right and see your internal systems and look down and see your roll panel, do you think by based on what we're seeing here, that by definition, those panels just don't exist in this mode. I think that's very possible that those panels don't exist in this in this mode, that that might be part of the submenu to the left that you access for stuff. Tweet, you had two points. Hop in. Well, you guys are killing me with this PvP funneling, honestly. In, in Elite Dangerous, you cannot funnel pvp i mean you can create cqc all you want and you might get some people to go to that but elite dangerous is designed for people that want to be pvpers and and they will go places and and they will if you want to call it ganking or griefing or whatever you want just like we have you, now that's going to happen CZ, on the ground what do you call a, a cz a cz is if i go in on one side and you go on on the other that's funneling us together for pvp is it not do you know how rare that happens in reality in this game? I mean, that's very rare. That's it, just the PVPers don't go into CZs looking for others very often. They go to Shinny, they go to Desiat, they go wherever they want to. They go to if Sand they happen too. to see you or the Sand too. If they happen to see you flying, they're going to get you or try to, and it's going to be the same thing on the ground. And I think it would be a huge disservice to the overall scope of what elite dangerous wants to be to try to take that out of the game okay mitigate Jess. it give them other things to do but can't take it out of the game just tweak and i we're gonna get into fist fight tonight but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is though is is it's, it's all going well making comparisons to pvp and spaceships but i think you'll find that when when this launches not all pvpers and spaceships will want to do pvp and foot and i think you'll see that there's a lot of people engage in this pvp gunplay that doesn't even care about the, the ship stuff either so the reason i think or bringing up funneling is because some of the most epic gaming moments is when you get all of the people trying to you know dogpile onto an objective mm. 
I don't know. I think I I do want there to be open world danger. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think it. I think it's almost essential to have that in. Uh, to have a hotspot for PvP to go. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's go ahead and wrap that up. I want to go real quick though over everybody, and I want to I want to ask you, Roy. Looking over this, between the stuff that we all pointed out on the pictures and the stuff that that we pointed out on the videos or whatever, you're you saw this. You were there the night of, and you watched it. You watched it actually several times. You're more than your average sort of level of sophistication of a consumer on this. Did we point out anything that you were like, holy shit, I hadn't even caught that? Uh, I mean, there were several things on the on some of the minutia around the HUD, sure. Um, uh, what about the video? On the video, uh, there was a... I'm trying to think of something that jumped out at me. I mean... I mean, the short answer is yes, but I'm struggling to name them now. There's there's a handful. Oh, there's, a, there's, there's lots of stuff. I'm just pointing that out. All right. Yeah. Uh, Arson, did you see anything new here from our discussion that, that you hadn't caught before? From I mean, also, the, you know, there's been Burr and Plater and, and this one and that one and, you know, Absidian Ed, everybody's done their stuff. Have you seen anything here? Oh, you don't have man. to call out what it is, just yes or no. I, I mean, yeah, like in the course of us doing all this, absolutely. Yeah, they're... The, the thing, when you're watching that video, there is so much crammed in that minute and two seconds. It's so hard to take in, even when you're framing it. Boss lady, did you get anything new out of this? Oh, I always get something new out of this. That's why I love watching. Um, there was just, oh, there were so many new, new things. But yes, 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 definitely. Beautiful. Tweet. Absolutely. I mean, this, everything that happens in this minute and 10 second video or whatever it is goes by so fast. I've watched it dozens of times, dozens and dozens of times and still see something new every time I look at it. And, and the way we break it, broke it down tonight. Absolutely. There's been new stuff. Jez. Yeah. I think for the course of this talking about it, that, uh, that stick up my butt's got a little bit looser and it's starting to slide out just a bit. <laughs> That's a uh, lovely image. <laughs> on that note, let's move on to the next thing, which is forum post. First off, we have the announcement of the Elite Dangerous Journey So Far video. That was the trailer video that came earlier in the week. Uh, that was incredible. I want to just take a moment to shout out. Here's what I loved about that Journey So Far video. It highlighted all kinds of things to for the players of the game that have been playing this game for years. I love that it highlighted groups and players in game. It did not focus on content creators. We get enough fucking ego stroking of the content creators. This was highlighting the fuel rats and the bucky ballers. And it had a bunch of random names of people on the forums that it's like, oh, it's just some, you know, Joe Smith. And it's like, hey, I played that game and they put my name up there for a second. I fucking love that. That's awesome. God bless. Good for you. The This trailer, this video actually was compiled from footage from months back. It was meant to come out quite some time ago. It got delayed, COVID stuff, whatever. But it, this was literally compiled from footage that was sort of gathered before Art's time even. So it's a beautiful love letter. I feel like it's a perfect sort of... Especially in a week when you're putting out a video that some of the old timers might look and go, meh, that was like, 
this new thing is not for us. It was crazy FPS stuff. They gave you also this thing that is just for us. This is for the people that know, the people that know what Distant Worlds 2 is, the people that, you know, have been out there and dealing with Thargoids and, and, and gone and done all of the, just the cool stuff. And so big salute to Frontier for that. Um, also, they announced uh, the fix for the Odyssey uh, Steam pre-order bricking thing just earlier today. That was a uh, last night. The people that immediately went right out and bought the Odyssey uh, sort of pre-order, they it there was a weird glitch that it bricked your game until you went and did a couple of steps, which I actually helped Boss Lady B last night. I I was your IT guy. I helped troubleshoot you, you through that. I feel like, and that's really scary comment because I am shit with technology, but yeah. Uh, so, so they put that out. They put uh, an announcement of the Odyssey HUD breakdown. This was uh, uh, Paul put that out that showed everybody like, here's bits and pieces. And we covered that already, everything in there, but at the links in show notes, we covered all the stuff that people like didn't know, like, what's this mean? What's that? What's that mean? He, he gave a lot of stuff. Um, and we're, we're not going to go frame by frame on that because we, we covered it all already, uh, which takes us to the very next piece, which is the forum post that they made about the 12 days of Christmas arcs giveaway community manager, Bruce just today posted that starting on December, Sunday, December 6th, 13th, rather this Sunday, they're going to do the 12 days of Christmas, just like they did last year. So when you log in every day, you just automatically get bonus arcs for logging in. Do that. Ta-da. Next up, Roy, why don't you hit us with uh, all of the Galnet articles? Yeah, so there was uh, quite a few in this past week. And uh, on the 7th, it started with Lacon Spaceways uh, giving discounts uh, on selected ships, uh, 30%. I mean, that's pretty significant, worth maybe swapping out some hulls, uh, even if you already own these, to get lower rebuy costs. Uh, and, uh, of course, it fits into the lore of, of the, you know, their, their financial struggles, uh, as called out in some previous Galnet articles. Then the next day on the 8th, we had uh, two articles. Um, one, the in-lore, in-game lore explanation of increases to combat bonds and anti-Xeno payouts. Um and then also uh, Mar the Marlinist refugee crisis, how it's uh, growing critical. And they had, you know that gets resolved in, in in one of the next articles, but you know at that point they're like a hot potato, and it's unclear what's going to happen to them. And there's strife between the two factions within the Federation about what to do. Um, on the tenth, the first one, uh, let's see, serious corporation campaign to establish Marlinist colonies. So continuation of the Marlinist story, and now we've got. Lee Young Rui and Syria stepping in, and there's going to be, um, looks like up to 10 new uh, systems uh, that are going to become in inhabited. So a bit of a growth of uh, the, the extra bit of the bubble there. And the second one was about the sort of the wrap-up of the uh, CG in the Colsac Nebula for Ammonia World exploration. Um, just sort of calling out uh, the success of that, and people can go pick up their their rewards uh, at the system um, that had the uh, the gateway. Where is it here? 
Betancourt base where, where, where you started yep. that thing. Then on the 11th, uh, finally we got this one I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, There's going to be an outpost at the, the the system that is at the top, sort of the plus Z axis of the of the uh, the galaxy. Um, this kind of reminded me of a restaurant at the end of the universe for those of you who are fans of Douglas Adams. But anyway. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That was it. So just to sort of recap through those about Lake Han Spaceways, you know, ships on sale, go get them, go get your LYR, your Lee Henry discount on top of that. Good stuff. Um, for the combat bond stuff, we already covered that, but it's just very cool. They're putting it in universe for the Mar Marlinus refugee crisis growing critical and, and, and the CG that it, it's leading to. Uh, which is the next article? Go support the hell out of that. I, I think that I I just am a huge fan of seeing a storyline whereby the Marlinists will end up sort of in a good place. I mean, the ideal place would be they get to live where they lived and didn't have to leave their homes and flee a pogrom. But like, I just want things to work out for them. I I, I look at the Marlinists and I see the Jews. I see like people that have just been shat on unfairly, and it's like, oh. I'm rooting for those guys. Uh, for the Colsack Nebula thing, um, there was a whole question early in the week. They were saying like, oh, well, you know, people aren't going to get their, their uh, uh, what do you call it? The probes because, uh, because, you know, we didn't get to level five. And I immediately reached out to Frontier and got an answer on that where they're like, no, no, you're absolutely going to get it. And, and, and tried to sort of make sure that I, spread that right away so people calm down and 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 they're out today people are actually saying hey i got mine today uh and and you know what they did and that's that's awesome and then the last one the outpost plan for the roof of space okay yes douglas adams you know restaurant at the end of the universe but also again reoccurring theme the bubble is spreading like that, I think it's easy to lose that, lose sight of that within the context of, oh, well, this is just a story about this outpost. Like, yeah, take it as an aggregate, though. We've had several stories in the last recent time of the expansion of sort of Galnet, the return of Galnet, where it's like, oh, the Colsack Nebula, we're spreading here. And, oh, we're spreading there and we're spreading every which where. Arson, why don't you run us through the community goals real quick? Absolutely. Uh, so obviously last week's community goal ended. Uh, the Ammonia Worlds data collection ran by Sirius Atmospherics. That was completed to tier four of five. And the reward for us is the detailed surface scanner, which starts at 20% with double engineering. You get a 40% radius bonus. Not that we know what that actually means. Um, and two weeks of three times exploration payout. Now I've been paying attention to some things and I don't think that that is exclusive to Betancourt. I think that's galaxy-wide. Um, I'm fairly sure it's not exclusive to Betancourt because unless I'm mistaken, when the CG ended, they took mm -hmm. out the universal cartographics from Bet Betancourt Station. It doesn't exist there. It, yeah. So when on the first day of the CG, for the first hour and a half of the CG, people were saying, what the hell? I have to turn in my stuff at Betancourt and there's no universal cartographics there. And Frontier was like, oh shit, we're going to fix that. And then they're like, it's fixed. It's there now. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be there for forever. It was a temporary addition that they have now subsequently, I think, yeeted the fuck out of there. And so, yeah, go ahead, Arson. Continue. 
Yeah, so the the new ones are delivering goods to support serious corporations' campaign to establish Marlinist colonies. So that's that bubble expansion that was just being discussed. Uh, Each completed tier will provide the resources to populate two star systems listed in order of priority. We've got HIP-22550 and Hyades Sector RO-P B6-6. Uh, LP6, you know what? I'm not even going to list them all. Yeah. That's a we, lot we've of got a bunch of new places <laughs> where the Marlinists are going to make their home. And I say, God bless those crazy little space Jews. I'm on their side. I'm about to, when, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go run missions for them because, like I said, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Marlinist fan. I love those guys. Boss Lady, I know you had a point on that previous CG. Yeah, so in the text originally, they said that the only place to turn in the the exploration data was going to be Betancourt, and now it seems I'm so glad that they fixed that because um, BGS and other things and just the ease <laughs> of turning in exploration data for those that are out in Colonia or distant, distant locations, I'm glad they changed it because... Otherwise, it'd be kind of a pain in the buttons for those that want to use their fleet carriers or stuff like that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 100%. Which takes us to the next thing, which is the Wednesday AMA, which this week was AMA 3, Revenge of the Glyph. All right. So we've already covered this sort of situation or, or thing overall previously. Let's, I'm just going to say this week's AMA. I spent two solid hours copying every last snipping, every last one of the the CMs, the community management team's answers to all of these questions and posting them in our news channel. And then I went through that and I sifted out and filtered out every one that was a variation of, we cannot answer that right now, or look for this information coming soon, or hey, that's great feedback, I'll pass it along, or hey, that's an interesting idea, or we have no comment at this time. And I actually just brought out the two, count them, two out of the entire thread posts that had a new answer of any kind. So let's let's review those, what those are. The first one is from lead community manager, Arthur Tolmey, in which he was asked, uh, it was a whole series of questions about, um, is it okay to sort of log out like, you know, how we do with the high grade signal sources or at Dav's hope or whatever. Hey, can we log out and back in? Is that legal? So technically this has already been answered. We already knew officially frontier had a, a, a statement that that's okay. You can met you log if you want and get your stuff back or, or log out to entirely and get your stuff back. But in answering this question, Art said, it's not the way we hoped players would gather these materials, but we understand why players do it. I mentioned on our last stream that we have uh, have an engineering or have engineering on our radar, there we go, as one of the big three to balance. It is a big undertaking and one we're looking at thrashing out of the break. Expect to see some changes in 2021. <clears throat> One of the other big three that they're looking to change because it's been stated previously uh, was sort of the crime and punishment system. So, so crime and punishment is one of the three big things they're looking to do some stuff with. Engineering is one of the things they're looking to do some stuff with. And, and when I say crime and punishment, that includes PVP. 
And the other of the three, uh, I, I believe, can be inferred based on other statements that have been made, would be CQC. So this year, and you know, this year's wrapping up at the end of this month, but this year we got sort of a re game rebalance. <clears throat> we got some other things with regard to, you know, existing systems and trying to make things better. Next year, obviously we're getting Odyssey, which is going to be a big sort of mix up in and of itself, but they're looking to tackle three big sort of issues as stated here clearly one of those three is engineering a second of those three which has been stated repeatedly like i said is sort of crime and punishment and pvp in general and then a, the third of the three is cqc so look forward to that the the second and and last of the post from that gave us any kind of new whatever was from paul crowther from factabulous what dot 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 was in patch eight that went out today, smiley face? Paul answered. The patch featured a fix to help the Epic Game Store commanders who were receiving login lost message. So that's why we got a patch this week. Patch notes. That's what it was. We actually got an answer on that. So that was it. I'm going to take a moment and say that I think the way the AMAs I think the idea of the AMAs is great. I think the way that they're being done is super, super, super suboptimal. I think that a better way to do them, first off, they do the AMAs for like an hour and a half, two hours or something like that uh, on a Wednesday at what amounts to, I think, like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, America time like early afternoon Englandy time, which means that number one, even British people are mostly at work. Number two, Americans are for sure, North Americans, including Canada, Mexico, whatever, are for sure at work. Uh, it just seems very, very suboptimal. Also, what you end up with is a weird little microcosm where there's like, 20 people that are around and you'll see because i scroll through all 11 or 12 pages every week you'll see the same guy's name pop up as like asking like 15 questions because he's there he's online he's there and so he's just like well what about this well what about that well what about this and then you'll also see like 15 people ask a variation of the same question like there's just a lot to it that's suboptimal what I think would be better for them to do, for Frontier to do, would be to open the thread, a question thread on Monday, to keep it open until, say, Tuesday night, which gives a, you know, full sort of 24-hour period where people that have jobs can go and post their thread. And for then Tuesday night, some employee at Frontier, probably Paul, dig through the questions, throw out all of the ones where it's like, okay, there's nine variations of the exact same question. We'll just consolidate that into one. Here's these other questions where we told them, hey, we're not going to answer that. So we're not going to answer that. And then we're left with these questions that are actually sort of pertinent and that we can discuss and then whatever. Maybe that leads to better uh, answering. And also, 
by doing it that way, there's a shot instead of just getting the answer to everything of like, hey, wow, that's that looks cool. We'll dig into it. Maybe if they get that question, and see it on Tuesday night, they have a chance to actually reach out to a dev and maybe, maybe, maybe get some meaningful answer to it um, that can, you know, sort of make things better. Uh, I don't know. It's just a thought. So, all right. Let's move on to the Elite Week Race uh, news. Sorry, Elite Week Race news. So the Scarab Mastery Championship Race 1 happened last week. And we have a highlights video that was put out by the uh, Elite Racers and uh, Black Maze in particular. Uh, Arson, I know I, I asked you to put together just a short clip. Maybe, you know. I missed it. You didn't do it. Okay. I, I missed so it. <laughs> the link is in the show notes. Go watch the video. Uh, maybe less of the memes and more of the whatever. Okay. Uh, which takes us to the next segment. Real life science. Tweaked. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Sure. One? I got this for you. Okay. So earlier in the show, we, we told you about the last mission to the moon. There is a wonderful video out there. It's called Inside NASA's Last Moon Mission. There's a simply spectacular video. It runs about 20 minutes. That if you like space stuff, everybody out there should check this thing out. We have it linked in the show notes, of course. The video consists of rarely seen and newly restored NASA footage. And it's honestly, it's really just simply breathtaking. You, you watch everything from the launch to, to them being in orbit to the lunar landing and then their return back home. You see everything like I've never seen it before. This video just, it was jaw dropping the whole way through, really. A couple of quick facts with this mission. They logged nearly 75 hours on the surface of the moon and explored nearly 22 miles altogether. They collected over 250 pounds of rock and soil. That to this day is still a record, which I guess would make sense as nobody's gone back since then, but amazing accomplishments this was 1972 we didn't even have vcrs or microwaves in our home yet when they were doing this stuff and quite honestly to this day 48 years later they were the last two humans to leave their footprints on the moon in that time we've had 12 olympics as of next month 10 presidents I personally have graduated, got married, had kids, my kids have had kids, and we are only now preparing to repeat this feat of bravery and brilliance. It really is just a fabulous video, and if you like space stuff, the the view, the, the imagery in this thing is second to none. It is absolutely wonderful to watch, and I I couldn't suggest more to go take a look at this. This was some really absolutely. fun stuff. Absolutely. So this is, it's a YouTube video, so it's very clear. Anybody can get it. You don't need Netflix. You don't need Amazon. There's no reason to not get it. If you're watching this, you can go watch it. Go check the link. It's amazing. It's the last human footsteps on the moon. We're trying to put together the stuff to go back there in 2024. The way Congress just sort of gutted the NASA budget, it's probably not going to happen until 2025, 2026. But it's we're going back there now now as we speak china's got a, a mission up there on the moon that just sort of set down this week but it's china sending robots uh, we're we're talking about you know people out in space so that's uh yeah go check it out 
Next up, we've got Roy Stories. We now return to our Inara Commanders series with Unisakashiro's Unbound, Part 12, Intrusion. The sun was setting over Coral City. The disk of the gas giant in the evening flooded the buildings in shades of purple. At the spaceport, ships were still docking and taking off, but in smaller numbers than during peak hours. A man wearing a mechanic's outfit was standing on an elevated platform attached to the spaceport's main terminal. He was smoking a cigarette and watching the incoming traffic in the sky when a young woman approached him. Hey, Carl. Felicia! She rested her arms on the railing near the platform's edge. How's your new workplace? It's okay. Not the same, though. You doing all right? She nodded and looked around. It's more difficult for Mom. She had a breakdown when they told her. I'm sorry. He finished his cigarette. Have they found her? She shook her head. Jeff says he'll do what he can to catch that bitch. Still don't understand why she did it. Martin was such a nice guy. Always nice to her as well. Carl, can you do me a favor? What is it? I need to access your card for a few minutes. He turned toward her and reached for his pocket. Here, don't get caught. I don't need any more trouble. The doors opened and a woman carrying a backpack entered the elevator. A dark blue cotton hoodie covered her head and cast a shadow on her face. She inserted a key card into a slot in the elevator's control panel. An additional column of buttons appeared on the touchscreen. She tapped the button labeled minus four. The elevator closed its doors and began to descend. After a few seconds, the doors opened again. Outside, there was a hangar with a parked ship, a Cobra Mark III painted in bright shades of red and yellow. Surveillance cameras watched the woman as she disappeared inside the ship and returned about ten minutes later. Walking towards the elevator, she pulled a smart pad out of her pocket and held it in front of her face. It's done, she said to the person at the other end of the line. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> that's a that's a good place to leave it right on all right I, i'm assuming you've got the mics back on arson you haven't said a word yeah okay all right so here we go discussion dog. topics <laughs> ah, discussion topics the very first thing is uh community question number one is going to be we're going to talk about the state of the official frontier elite forums um I gotta say, it's been an interesting week with regard to that. So uh, I posted a, uh, let me just back this up a little bit and start at the beginning. This whole process, this whole saga started as a result of Arson coming to me and saying, you know, as he said on the, on the air, on the show, like about a month ago, three weeks ago, whatever, you know, I've seen another thread killed about crime and punishment. I keep seeing... People post a thread about crime and punishment. It seems like the moderators are just dead set against the topic being discussed. The thread goes for a little bit, and then they seem to find some trumped-up excuse to kill the thread. They kill it, and then that's it. It's done. And so he was like, well, I told him, like, well, go go start one yourself, and, and let's track it or whatever. Uh, just more discussions happen, yada, yada, yada. In the end, I said, fuck it, I'll do it. So I wrote a thread. I wrote a, a, a piece, which 
sort of, I talked about with the guys, we all chipped in different ideas, whatever. I, I took it to my friend, Souverine, who edited it. Uh, I mean, I, I'd written out pages. He edited it and we put it together into a package that we thought was both fairly comprehensive and also fairly sort of compromising, amenable to everybody, puts it in a place that's sort of in the middle of the road that wouldn't be too objectionable to any one person, which let's be honest, just the, the concept, this 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 concept of even talking about crime and punishment, you're going to piss people off on both sides. On the hardcore anti-PVPer side, anything less than just slamming them in the forehead with the brick, the PVPers, they're not going to like. If you give them any piece of cheese at all, the anti-PVPers are going to be angry and hate you. The On the PVPer side, not all, but there are many, that if you don't allow them to have all of the loopholes and just murder people with impunity, they're going to hate it and they're going to try to shit on it and they're going to try to shut it down. So it was a it was it was a hard sort of line to pull. It was it was walking uphill. It was going to be a, a, an uphill slog, but fuck it. I think it, it's valuable enough. It's a big enough problem. The one thing that everyone I think right now can agree is. It's fairly suboptimal. The PVPers, you'll see plenty of them that'll say, we're bored. You haven't given us good shit to do. The non-PVPers will say, screw you. I'm not going into open. I'm staying into solo. There's so much, you know, just rampant assholery that I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going to put up with it. So I put out the thread. It got pretty good traction. A lot of people commenting back and forth. A lot of people liked the idea. A lot of people didn't like the idea. There was conversations. I like this, but I don't like that. I don't like this, but I do like that. Back and forth, back and forth. It's a big, it, it, it was several pages. It was a complex series of ideas that were meant to work together as a sort of a system to try to make things a little better. Uh, Cut to this week, earlier this last week, where uh, community manager Bruce actually posted in the rebalance thread, uh, posted like, hey, I really dig this thread. You guys should go check this out. This is one that I'm looking at and I'm liking. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts or whatever. And I thought, wow, that's very, very cool. Um, and the thread continued to get many more people getting involved in the conversation. Not all positive, not all negative, sort of across the board. Some people liked it, some people didn't, et cetera, et cetera. The thread had many, 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 like, I don't know, it's still going on now where I get notices that it's like, hey, another person liked this thread. It, it has so many likes on it. And it had 17 pages uh, of comments on it of people adding in a thing or arguing in favor of a point or against a point, whatever. But just this week, uh, actually within days of the community manager praising the thread and saying that it was valid and worthwhile and worth people looking into and commenting on, uh, one of the foreign moderators basically hopped in and said, oh, this conversation, it was a very flippant post, too. It was just like, hey, I'm looking in here and I'm seeing people are insulting each other and I'm I'm having to delete more posts than are staying in. So I just closed the thread. It's done. 
which right off the bat, let me just say that's absolute bullshit because there's 17 pages of comments on the thread and looking at it, I can see specifically off the top of my head, two posts that were removed. Let's say there were four or five more, but for sure it wasn't what he said, which was more posts were being deleted than kept. Like that's just factually not correct. That is a lie. And this is again, demonstrating the bias of the forum moderators where they just decide that they're going to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, censor speech of whatever decisions or, or, or conversations they don't want to have. So they just hop in on it. In addition to that, on the very page that one of the forum moderators said, this thread is, you know, a problem, so I'm closing it. One of the other forum moderators, Osric, who has been posting throughout that thread, was being shitty. Like, literally, one of your moderation team is being shitty, and another one is saying, yeah, we're closing this because of people being shitty. Like, and, and I pointed all of this out directly to Frontier and said, like, are, are you kidding me? So as it stands now, and, and the response I got back from Frontier, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the response I got back was, yeah, it's our policy that if people are, you know, being problematic, whether it's insulting each other or whatever, uh, that the moderator team, I guess, closes the thread because it's too much work for them to sort of moderate it. <clears throat> to which my answer is, so basically what you're telling me openly is that I can kill any thread of any discussion I don't like by just say, hey, Arson, hey, buddy, hey, hey, Tweaked, hey, uh, 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 Roy, the four of us are going to go in there and start calling each other dickheads. And instead of doing their job, which the forum moderation team is supposed to do, which is saying like, hey, yo, you can't post that. That's out of line. You can't call each other names or be silly or, 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 or whatever. Instead of moderating the forum, which the way that like if somebody, if I post something out of line, what you're supposed to do is, I think, I, I fairly, I, I, tell me if I'm wrong, anybody listening, but what you're supposed to sort of do is say, I'm giving you a warning and removing this post. Don't keep doing that. That's out of line. Instead of doing that, if, if four of us go in there and start calling each other a name, we can just kill any thread we like on the official forums, which as far as I'm concerned, makes the official frontier forums absolutely useless and irrelevant as a place to discuss ideas like you can go on there to lurk or to get information oh there's a thread here they have information on this i'm going to pull that out i will continue to go on the official forums and post stuff for the dark wheel until or unless the moderators decide they want to kill that thread too and do that with apparent impunity but as it stands now like they're openly the moderators are openly biased and anyone can kill any thread tell me in in how that could possibly be a good way to run a forums. To me, at this point now, if I have any more ideas that I think are valid or interesting, I'm gonna post them on Reddit and then post a link to the Reddit in the official Frontier forums and say like, here, if you wanna actually have a grown-up conversation and discuss stuff, go to Reddit, because apparently that's the only place you can do it. Arson, your thoughts on this? Yeah, so I'll, I'll not get 
too, too terribly much into my opinions on it. I've been pretty passionate about it since 2015, which is when I started feeling like the moderation team was basically uh, oppressing and censoring people. Uh, one thing that I do want to hit on, though, uh, Kai, you mentioned the the comment of too much work. And I that is such a fallacy. If If somebody from Frontier actually were to go in and perform analysis properly on the activity on the forums, what you're going to find is that the moderators usually respond to threads that they have some kind of vested interest in, uh, usually within the first 20 to 30 minutes of them being posted. So they're, they're running some kind of feed. It's, and it's really because of the amount of very blatant, heavy activity that you see from the moderation team, I'm not saying each moderator is sitting there hitting refresh constantly. Some of them, I think they might be, but that's neither here nor there. The, the fact of the matter is if you have that much moderator attention that there is a moderator posting in a thread, you know, every 30 minutes and it, it, there, there's no excuse if your moderators are that active for them to lock a whole thread because of a couple of people, people bickering between each other. Have you ever seen threads before where there's 17 pages worth of commentary and because, you know, there's two or three insults, people say, OK, let's kill the entire thread and not let's deal with the people who are out of line all the time. It, I it mean, is... other than the official frontier forums. Uh, so not really. No. Uh, in other forums, usually the conversations where it tapers off. Unless somebody blatantly breaks a forum rule, it's it they they kill the conversation themselves because they just don't want to I mean, talk to each other anymore. But I don't if see the person this breaks the forum rule. Places. If a person breaks the forum rule, you should punish the person, not the thread, right? Correct. And and that's that's part of the problem is because Osric, for example, I actually issued a report on one of his posts in the thread. Because he, he's basically running around in the thread harassing people. And it's like, if, if you're going to moderate, the people that are causing the problems need to be the ones punished. If you just lock the thread, you stop proper, healthy discourse towards improving the game. I mean, and for, then... sure lock the, for sure lock the thread if the thread is out of line, but if the thread is okay and the people commenting are out of line. I exactly. The, the the whole point is when you go in and you lock the thread instead of moderating the individuals that are the problem, you're allowing those problematic people to repeatedly do the same thing over and over and over again. And they do it, and this is my opinion, but they do it because they're the ones doing it. All you have to do is go look at the way the moderators behave in these threads yourself. And just off the top of your head, how many crime and punishments sort of threads or, or, or along that, those lines have you seen sort of just basically been scuttled by the moderation team? Since I started in 2015, I, I couldn't even count them. It, it's like at least one How about in the last year or so? Uh, I can think of at least three from just the last uh, couple of months. Like. Okay. And and the thing is, these threads, the amount, the frequency 
that they pop up has reduced because of this behavior. These threads used to pop up every single day. And the more that they did this, the less the threads started popping up because the people that are posting on these extremely important issues of balance for PVP and crime and punishment are veteran players. So like you and I, they're like, well, fuck, this isn't worth my time. I'm just going to get silenced. And because I'm going to get silenced, it's going to get locked and buried and Frontier's never going to see my feedback. Okay. Roy, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I mean, I would just echo uh, what I thought might be the case and everything you said since then seems to be strengthening it is that you've got, uh, I guess, essentially a volunteer force that's operating apart from the norms and values of, of uh, frontier developments. And, you know, unchecked, it's just going to cause more problems for them mm. as a business. Tweet? It's definitely a problem and it's definitely something that Frontier should really look into fixing, considering when they have news to break, they post it on the official forums. So they're, they're begging us to go to the forums to read this stuff, and then we run into these kinds of problems. So if, if they're going to use it as a vehicle to put news out, then they need to monitor it and need to, to make sure it's being run to the best of its ability in the way that a good strong company should really run a public forum i don't i don't think they're doing as good a job as they could at this point i don't want to rope in boss lady and jez to this because it's sort of you know this is it could be conceived uh or or, or thought of as a as a sort of touchy subject so uh let's basically i just want to put this open this up to the community what do you think about the sort of uh what do you think about the state of the frontier forums have you had situations where you've seen stuff where it's like man that's out of line or 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 what and i mean and do you think that i mean maybe you think like no it's okay this is how it works like i i don't see how a 17 page long forums thread that the community management team just said is viable and worthwhile gets locked because some people are whatever so meh um all right the second point let's let's bring in this one we will bring in uh jez and uh and uh uh boss lady be on is your overall thoughts on the info dump from this week like you know, like we said, I, I, I honestly feel that while some of the old timers might not be super thrilled with the feeling of it, I think that you have to sort of look at it through the lens of Frontiers making strategic decisions. They're reaching out to both the old and the new, the old through the uh, the journey so far trailer and through the bits and pieces that we had of the of of the scenery and the other the exploration style the non-shooty bits of the of the trailer as well as the new you put that out there on the video game awards trailer where you've got half a million people watching live you're you're trying like you're you're I, I'm, I'm i would guess that that probably cost them a decent amount of money in their marketing budget you're putting it out there so that you can draw in 
sort of new people, new, new, new revenue, new, you know, customer base, whatever. Um, let's start with Roy. Um, I, I mean, I agree. There's the two groups. I, I kind of see just speaking for myself. Uh, I'm not a hardcore first person shooter playing uh, player, uh, with the experience in that, like Arson has, for example, but I have played a number of them and it is something I'm going to explore. And, uh, I, I've seen enough that I think I'm going to be pleasantly surprised and, and have fun with it. So I, I, maybe I'm not alone. Maybe there's people that, that could be drawn into this, um, because it isn't as, uh, maybe doesn't have some of the downsides as, uh, the experiences maybe other people have had with first person shooters that turned them away from it. Like Arson was saying, there's a, it's, it's within a broad universe of things to do. So that, that in and of itself makes it something special. Arson. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm answering general thoughts on the info dump this week. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm overall extremely happy. I love how smooth the movement looks and, and that hopefully is going to translate to smooth gunplay and general maneuvering around the field that we have access to. And, hmm. and that like smooth movement is that the gun play itself can suck, but I want good movement and it looks Boss. like we're going to get that. All right. Boss lady. So I'm excited about the info dump because it is building hype. And I'm the one thing I'm a little hesitant to is I hope they keep this coming. It seems like they are. It seems like the CGs, the storyline, everything that's going on. So all the information that was kind of dumped this week is exciting. Um, you know, we kind of expected the the early orders of Odyssey. It was a little bit of a hitch when, you know, it, it bricked everything. And <laughs> there was a little bit of like, a, oh, uh, but I'm I'm excited that there is momentum building and I hope depending on when it releases or when that alpha is available that there's enough hype to keep the hype going because I can see that you know maybe I, I hope there's just enough hype that's that's basically where I'm at I like what we see I see it's going in a good direction but I just I hope there's enough to keep it going until they they release Sweet. I thought it was great this week. I, I was highly anticipating this video, and for a minute-long video, I thought it showed us a lot mm. of of just the general idea of what Odyssey is going to bring to us, and, and I feel like they're in my head. They're almost creating my perfect game, and if Jez. it works, if it works right, it's going to be amazing. Jess? Yeah, despite my iffiness at the start, one thing I can say without any kind of reservation is... Uh, Elite, what I've learned this week is Elite Dangerous is showing its age a little bit if you play it right now, but with this info dump and seeing what it's going to be doing in the game, I am very, very, very pleased that the game is going to be pretty much reinvigorated in every way and no longer looking a little bit dated. Beautiful. All right, we're going to skip feedback. Before we hit state of the game, I just want to hit go through a couple sort of housekeeping things that I want to make sure that we get out there on the record. Uh, early on, when they put this up on on last night, when they first put it up and said like, "Oh, here it is," and it was on Steam. Uh, Steam had had it listed as uh, you know buy now, release date April twenty first, twenty twenty one. Uh, I specifically asked uh, Frontier, and I got a, a very specific worded answer back saying, 
do not believe any release date anywhere unless it comes from us. When we announce it, it will be official. Anything else you see, do not trust that. So under the context of that question, you know, I take that to mean that that is not accurate. We'll see as time plays out. But there's some some statements that have been made. When will Odyssey be released? Elite Dangerous Odyssey will release early 2021. What platforms will Odyssey be available for at launch? PAC, PS4, Xbox One. Why can't I pre-order on console? Pre-order is only available for PC right now. Keep following our channels for further announcements. I'm a lifetime pass owner. If, I, if you have an LEP, will I receive Odyssey free from any additional charge? Yes. When will the alpha run for Odyssey? We'll be announcing more detail on this in due course, so keep uh, on this channel for further announcements. This is the big one. I'm about to hit you with something here that I, I haven't seen anybody else talking about. Will Odyssey be coming to PS5 and Xbox Series consoles? Here's the answer. We don't have anything to share on this right now. However, we can confirm that PS4 and Xbox One, Xbox One versions of Odyssey are playable on the next-gen consoles, be it backwards compatibility. Now, if your answer was just straight up, no, it's not going to PS4 or Xbox, but it's backwards compatible, that would be the answer you give. When you give the answer, we don't have anything to announce about that right now. And earlier when you say that it's available for those two at launch, that to me is a whole hell of a lot of difference between it's not coming and we're not talking about that right now. It's just me. And the whole, can I play in VR? Yes, you can do everything in VR that you can do now. All of the seated bits, whether it's driving a spaceship or a SRV, but the, for the footy bits, you're gonna need to either A, have it on flat screen in your helmet or take your helmet off. That's, you know, whatever. Uh, and uh, when you order the added, whatever the big pack, you get uh, a soundtrack as well. And any pre-orders get a special outfit, which can't hint. They may be showing in Dev Diary 3. Wink, wink. So that's a lot of cool stuff. I just wanted to sort of make sure that we got out there on the record. I haven't seen anybody else talk about this very, very interesting answer on PS5 and Xbox Series, whatever the hell they're calling those things now. I think it's that's very promising for people on consoles i hope uh i hope tweet uh got excited by that state of the game let's everybody go down around the horn and just we're we're done on time so let's just give it a number i'm saying state of the game is nine out of ten very very good roy nine out of ten as well arson i'll go with uh nine out of ten too just because all right tweet I'll go 12 out of 10. I think the state of the game is spectacular and only getting better. Boss lady. Uh, 9.5 out of 10. Oh, very cagey. WKJS, you sexy beast. Seven because abrasion is 4 a.m. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. On that note, uh, let's everybody say goodbye. So you started off, Arson. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Sweet. Hope everybody has some fun and just j just imagine flying our spaceships through space, 
enter the atmosphere and the sun is shining on us, it's going to be amazing. Roy. Fly casual, but stay dangerous. I'm going to end it by saying, uh, everybody, be cool. Just be cool. Just chill. Boss lady. And don't forget to keep it classy. Absolutely. Jez. Be safe, be heavy, be well. Arson place out. Simple thing